do it. I don't even want to be around anymore. What? I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> like you don't want to live anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Oh wait, it's coming up. I forgot how I put this together. I put it together a few days ago. I guess we can talk for a second here. At I didn't plan this out. tripped across this song this week. Well, I'd already known this song, but I tripped across this version That's a few weeks ago. And then the day after we watched this, I was thinking of the Duchess. And I was just like, oh, this song is very Duchess-like. Hold on, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Right here. Remember, my dear Obi-Wan. Oof. I always will. I got a little karaoke bed for a second. <laughs> I actually recorded a version of me singing this entire song. <laughs> it's been a it's been a few days of reflection for me here. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird actually. It really is. This changes the dynamics of our podcast quite a it bit. It does. I mean Mortis Daughter. Um oh sorry. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Mortis' daughter, um, she was already dead when when I brought her into yeah. the polycule. It was a little weird. But um, out of respect, you brought her into the yeah. polycule. Oh, because she could carry me around. <laughs> but, I, dude, the Duchess has been like... The Duchess was like the origins of the polycule. Yeah, she was the main one. She Well, you know, I, I had a little fetish for Ventress for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. But the Duchess... The Duchess made this yeah. serious. Yeah, and the thing was, like, I was like, oh, this Ventress, she's talking to me, you know? <laughs> and then um, then the Duchess showed up, and I was like, Ventress has competition. What's going on here? And I couldn't choose because I loved them both so much yeah. that it just had to become a thing. And next thing you know, I'm just throwing characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, it's so, I mean, yeah, the Duchess was like, a, she was a real game changer in just our rewatch here. Yeah. It was the first time that you saw someone that you were like, what is this? Yeah. In this cartoon that Adam's been telling me about. Oh, she is the <laughs> sauciest mix. Very, but no, I mean, like, we watched it together the other night. Yeah, I had to, like, I had to watch it with you. Yeah. So um, once we finished up recording the yeah, last episode. We put it on. And I, I knew it was coming. Okay. Like, I just, you know, like I've said it before, like, I exist on Star Wars Twitter, and therefore I can't avoid everything. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just knew, I think I clicked, I, I, you know, I was just literally just like innocently scrolling through my timeline one day and I see Obi-Wan like cradling her body and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. And so just Maul being on Mandalore, I was like, well, yep, that's yep. what it is. And, um, but it didn't take away from just like the gravity of that moment. Oh, yeah. It is heart wrenching. Yeah. And I finished up, well. Let's. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Anyway, what's going on here? What's what's happening? Other than the Clone Wars. Well, I ordered. You know what? I would just get right into this goddamn thing because we have a bit of a controversy brewing here. So you can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. 
Perhaps the archives are incomplete. My grandpa always told me, don't watch your credits. Watch your health. Mark! Mark! A fine addition to my collection. Okay, collectible corner. Collectible corner. Now, I told you to get here, and I was like, well, yeah, I ordered a, uh, a Revan online on GameStop. And you're like, well, why did you do that? And I was like, because I didn't want to miss out on it. <laughs> And then you're like, well, I got two. I got one for you for Unbeknownst Christmas. Unbeknownst to you, when I went into GameStop, they did have two. And I, I've been looking for like a Christmas gift for you. And I thought this is perfect. Oh. <laughs> so now we got three of them. Now we got three. <laughs> Maybe we should just, we can open one now. We can open one and flip another one. Ooh. Oh, this is good stuff. Yeah, we're having fun. Yeah, so I got a Revan. Yep. Uh, the light side Revan that you had gotten that I was very jealous of on the last record. And I was like, hey, let me buy it from you. I was about to hand you just yeah, $40. I know, I know. Like, I, you could have just... <laughs> You could have just made 15 bucks pretty quick <laughs> off me. But I was really excited about that. So, yeah, I ordered that one. Online. But I also, they had, it was a Black Friday deal, free shipping on orders $35 or more on GameStop. And so they had an Akbar for 17 Oh, I threw Akbar in the cart. Oh, I dig. I Akbar will be a good one. There's been a, uh, at Nerdin' Out, the collectible comic store that is kind of over by my place. Yeah. They've had a... It's a, it's a, like a two pack. It's like an Akbar from Last Jedi with like a resistance officer for like Ooh. I think thirty five bucks or something. Are they black like that. series? Yeah. Are they? They are. It's like a two pack black series. Oh, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been staring me down. Yeah. Well, yeah, that thirty five dollar deal. Uh, that was a trap. It yeah. was a trap. <laughs> yeah. It's a trap. They got me. But in, I've been noticing online, like stores are just like sporadically getting stuff in stock. Like I found yeah. the Imperial Crosshair on Walmart's website. Like, just randomly, they had some in stock, so yeah, I those came two in. of them. Yeah, those came in. Now, did you buy two, one, so I can have one? Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah, I think I... I Look at this guy. I'm very altruistic. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> hey, I think of you, too, when I'm out shopping. Yeah, I, I send you the pictures. Uh, I also picked up the Mandalorian Starfighter Lego set. Yes. Uh, I gave in. I really wanted the Bo-Katan minifig. Um, and it's got Gar Saxon yeah. in it as well, who we meet in this episode. Well, I can't... I. I don't. Can't, he's not named in this episode. I can't tell if that's just a random like mall loyalist or if it is indeed Gar Saxton because they're wearing like very similar armor. Well, it's got the mall horns on right. it, but I can't remember if that's now just is specific to. Him. Is that a character we learn more about later on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. My guess would be that's actually him then. Okay. Or her? I don't know. Is yeah. that a him? I don't know. We're gonna find out. His name's Gar. <laughs> Gar. <laughs> that's a guy. No. <laughs> no, that's that's a toxic male right there. My name's Gar. Oh, you, know? you want to talk about Star Wars chuds. He's he's up there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it is a he. I was right. Gar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really wanted that Bo-Katan minifig, yep. which is very exciting. You got to start me. building some of these. I keep thinking I'm going to come over one of these days and actually see one of your bigger sets. Well, you do realize one day you'll show up and like three will be built. Yes, I know. That's how it will go. <laughs> yeah. That's what Tom does. <laughs> You're just not going to have um, any sleep for three days. Well, I've just been working on something else for the pod the last few days. Um, and I have some great ideas for the coming episodes in the next few weeks that we're going to have to put to test. Have you watched the next one yet? No. Okay, okay, cool. I didn't record the thing yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing by the rules. I was rules. wondering about that. Oh, um, I played by the rules. So before we get into anything extra, welcome to the Clonecast. Ah, yeah, don't forget that. Welcome to the Clonecast. My name's Tom. I'm Adam. Uh, this is a show where two 30-something men are watching <laughs> the Clone Wars in chronological order, and they also spend uh, absorbent amounts of money on 
action figures <laughs> and, Legos. and Lego sets. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking, though, like if I ever see I've seen people online, like when you click like targeted ads on like Twitter and there's like a, I had a Lego one one day and I click on it and it's just like some fucking person like adults playing with Lego sets. That's pathetic. It's like, do you call an adult that like builds a puzzle pathetic? Yeah, yeah. This is better than a puzzle. Yeah. This is a cool puzzle. Yeah. And it gives you the instructions. This is what I had been trying to tell you for years. Well, I never said you were a loser. I, I know. I'm not like criticizing you for having enjoyment of it like well, this person you was. You never criticized. You just questioned. You're like, I don't get it. And I was like, it's like a puzzle. It's like a 3D, very cool puzzle. It's not really a puzzle, though, because, I mean, good luck if it was a puzzle. If they yeah, didn't yeah, give yeah. you instructions, uh, nobody would ever complete It is that. hilarious looking back at, like, Lego's, like, line one. It's like a pickup truck that barely looks like a pickup truck. Yes. <laughs> and where they've come from there. It's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, what was I saying though? But yeah, so we watched the Clone Wars in chronological order. Usually the first 20 to 40 minutes are just complete and utter bullshit where we just talk about whatever's on our mind. Half the time it's probably politics and we'll yeah, complain yeah. about something. I don't I'm not feeling very political and today. Then we you jump right into that episode. And then we jump into the episode and we review it. No, thankfully I've been just, it was Thanksgiving a couple of days ago. Peaceful and... Thanksgiving for you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it, I've just been busy with like house stuff too yeah. so i haven't been paying as much attention to politics yeah. now yeah. my thanksgiving is today with my mom oh yeah that's right she went to was, golf mike's sister i was so gonna ask you did I'm you going up? over there okay. today um and then dad's i don't know i'll just stop by at some point it's, so did you end up just hanging out here yeah okay yeah and like i said i was working on something for the podcast yeah. and i think this correlated very well with this arc that we have just watched so we're gonna do something that we haven't done in a minute the sacred Jedi text. It's the book corner. Friends to know and ways to grow. This is still the best intro. Yeah, God, this cracked me up the first time. Well, page turners, they were not. Okay, so I finally, like, I have been a very slow, my standard, slow reader lately. Yes. Um, cause I mean, I am doing the Halo podcast with Ty from Wayfinder. Yep. And so like, I read through that book and it's like, I usually don't juggle books. I'm usually like, I read one, I yep. read in like a week and then I move on to the next one. But, uh, I was slowly poking through Kenobi, um, by John Jackson Miller, um, which is, it follows Obi-Wan directly after the fallout of order 66. And when okay. he brings Luke, um, to the Lars family and all that. I was wondering, like, where that fit into the timeline. It's right there. Okay. Um, now, it's Legends, so I was gonna ask. do with it what you will. Okay. Um, I, I think the whole Legends versus canon thing, to this day, I still think it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, first of all, none of this is real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, if you read something and you want to put that in your own, I think headcanon is more real than canon canon. Yeah. It's all about what you enjoy and where you want to go with the story. So for me, though, this is a Tom Headcanon novel. Um, I would not be shocked if they borrow heavily from this in the Kenobi series. That's what I was assuming is going to happen. But there's great nuggets in there. Okay. Um, now, I read. remember that one novel, uh, Secrets of the Jedi, that I read a little yeah. while back? And it had the Siri Tachi, uh, the other pad one that Obi-Wan kind of had a little thing with. Yep. She is mentioned in there. Interesting. Satine is mentioned multiple times in there. Let's give it a... Oh, God. She's gone. I can't believe it. Um, but Satine is mentioned... 
And in the book, like, I would love if they threw this nugget into the Kenobi series and made it canon. He's like, he's, he's, um, he's meditating. And you know how Yoda tells him, like, hey, yeah, I have training for you. Yeah. You got to go, like, learn to commune with the other side of the force, like, people that have gone and, you know. So he, he, a lot of, there's, like, probably four or five passages in the novel where it's just, a, it says, like, meditation. And it's in italics and it's just Kenobi by himself. Um, and he's talking to Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon isn't there. He's still trying to like, he's still learning this like ability to commune through yeah. the force. So it's implied that he spoke with Qui-Gon directly with Yoda. But now that he's off on his own, he's still like trying to work through this. So a lot of it's just kind of talking into nothingness. Yeah. But he does have a line where he mentions why he chose the name Ben Kenobi because Satine used to call him Ben. Which I found just so, delightful. In, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, there's no legends or canon book that goes into like what happened during that time, right? No, it's a kind of a it's it's one of those gray area times. Yeah, because like we know through like, there is the Chuck Windig novels, which like aftermath and resistance and yeah. all that stuff. But that's probably like years. I think that's I I got to read those. I have them. I got to read them. Um, I'm saying I'm saying like the time where Obi-Wan and Satine like first met and oh because like he said that him and no, Qui-Gon there's there's had a references. mission on Mandalore and yeah. that's where they kind of like met and they had a yes. mission to protect her but there's no like novelization there's no novelization of, of that it happening there's references to that time right. in like Master and Apprentice yep. which are cool and Qui-Gon like definitely like yeah, gives yeah, him yeah. a wink because Qui-Gon's <laughs> fucking awesome you know Qui-Gon Qui-Gon is just kind of let's bend the rules guy so he's like the perfect master for a young padawan in love because he can kind of help them navigate it you know um but yeah there's no official kind of like documentation of that so we just kind of have these nuggets to go off of and what we know from the colmores um but i i just love that line like that makes so much fucking sense yeah especially after watching this arc but also, like, this novel and this episode in particular, like, reinforced for me, like, just how goddamn impressive Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, is. Oh, he is, like, the perfect If there Jedi. was ever a person who had reason to just fucking say fuck it and give up, yep. it's him. He loses Qui-Gon. He loses the fucking Duchess. Um, and there's also, he never explicitly says it. But in conversations with Annaline in the novel, who's this woman who he becomes friendly with, they don't, not that yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. friendly, but she's definitely like drawn to him. But that's a big crux of the novel. But um, in a conversation with her, he's kind of, she's like, why are you, what are you closing off? Like, what, I feel like a lot of pain in you. And that pain is Anakin. Yeah. Like the loss. And he's like, I could have done more. I could have done this. And dude, it's fucking heart wrenching to read about Obi-Wan. But you know what? He pushes for, he literally, like, she wants him to just go off with them and the family when they get off Tatooine and stuff. And she's, he's really like, he's, you know, feels like a, a, a bond with them, you know? And, and there's lines in there where he's like, every friend I've ever had is dead. Yeah. It's just nuts to think about. That's after this episode in particular, I was thinking about, like, grand scheme of things, just the crazy amount of loss yes. that he's been through. And, like, loss aside, Similar to Anakin, like he's had disagreements with the Jedi Council and yes. like or Council <laughs> and like he has butted heads with Jedi's and he has just kind of taken it in stride. Yeah. He hasn't letting it let it he hasn't let it yes. like 
get him down the way that Anakin let it yeah. get to him. But it just, you know, I mean, he the whole Anakin thing, like, tore him up. Yeah. Like, everything that... And you got to think about, like, the Duchess stuff and then the Anakin stuff. That, like, was within, like, a year or two of each other. Like, all that shit hit the fan within, like, a year or two of each other. So, you know, Obi-Wan has been through the fucking ringer, man. Yeah. And then he takes this kid and he's got to bring him to this family and watch over him in solitude. Yep. It's like his last mission. It's his thing. But he's alone. Yeah. And the fucking family he dropped him off with wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, does it go into that at all? No. Okay. They mentioned the Lars family and the tragedy with the Sand People. Yep. And, the, you know, they're implying the uh, Shmi stuff. Yep. Um, But it doesn't, like, go into why Owen Lars hates him so much. It does. They're in Moss Eisley, and they see the Lars family in the distance. They're like, oh, let's go say hi. And Obi-Wan, like, uses some force tricks to get them to like get fucked. <laughs> but it's 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 you know it's just a little part of the novel but they never really go in they say some stuff about like the Lars family tragedy and they're a bit further off on the Junlin Waste so they have this like system set up where there's when there's Tuscan attacks it like it's like an alarm almost like a tornado siren. Okay. You hit it it notifies like the fucking militia to like round up and head there. But at the same time like the tornado horn we'll call it um it actually does this like screeching noise. And you've heard the screeching noise before oh. in A New Hope. That, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a crate dragon scream. Yeah. That's what it is. So it scares off the Tuscans. But there's this one Tuscan that we come to get to know called Plug Eye in the novel who is um, I don't know, like smarter, I guess. Had some interactions with yeah. humans earlier in her life. And so she's like the leader of the Tuscans. And she's like, don't run off, you fucking idiots. <laughs> They're tricking us. But yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, just really what I took away from it all and this as well is just like Obi-Wan's commitment to just like, he's, he's a stoic. Like the guy just can't be budged. Yeah. And like the lines in this episode, particularly with Maul, where he's like only the weeks to come. It, Obi-Wan, is, uh, Obi-Wan is the most headstrong Jedi by far. That quote is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Like Obi-Wan in the face of just... Like, literally, he could be killed at any second. Yeah. He does not change his views. Nope. Obi-Wan is the absolute perfect fucking specimen the of a human. He, <laughs> He's like, like the way that Jesus. He, the way that he tells Darth Vader, like, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. He's lived by that for a long time. Yes. Like, he tells Maul basically that in so many words. He's yeah. like, you can kill me. You can do whatever you want. You're not going to yeah. break me. It's going to be, this Kenobi series is going to be something else. Man. Yeah. I don't know. We've I'm talked really about, we don't want, it. like, a physical confrontation. No. Um, We'll see if they do that. I don't know. I, I'm, but, I, you know, you're a bad reader, but I would highly recommend you put oh, yeah, through yeah, this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. Like, I, I just have the utmost respect for the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, it, just, say what you will about the Jedi Order and their blindness and kind of their naivety and just the hubris of them to just oversee this tragedy that occurs that could have completely been avoided if they kind of just opened their eyes. Yeah. They're very short-sighted at this point in time. Say, well, Obi-Wan, fucking awesome, man. Oh, yeah. And this episode particularly, because when the, when we'll get into it, but when he goes in there and Yoda's like, yeah, we can't do anything about this. Fuck it. Yeah. This is... Anakin rebels all the time, and it becomes a hindrance at times. Obi-Wan, like, plays his cards right. Yeah. And he's just fucking... He's the best. I'm, I'm so... Like, if they ever do a... 
like Marvel has its what if series, mm-hmm. and I always wonder about like a Star Wars, like what Star if, Wars yeah. what ifs, and like I, I always wonder what the relationship would look like if Qui Gon hadn't died. Yes, and if Obi Wan did become a Jedi Knight at the same time that, and Anakin they allowed Qui Gon starts, starts training with Qui Gon, like what their relationship would have looked like as Anakin rose under Qui Gon and Obi Wan started like becoming a Jedi Jedi master. I mean, my hot take is in that line of Jedi, that particular line, because as we know, Qui-Gon's master was Count Dooku and Dooku's master was Yoda. Yep. In that line, I think it skips generations. And and I'm I'm not using that as like a argument. I'm just saying, I think that (laughs) the dark side skipped that generation. And honestly, I think it, I don't think anything was stopping Anakin here. Yeah. I think it is what it is. Like, that was his destiny, and no matter who trained him, well, and I'm not that even, was what's going to happen. I'm not even saying Anakin avoids becoming oh, yeah. Darth Vader. I'm saying, like, I would be interested to see the relationship, like, before that happens between sure. Obi-Wan and Anakin if Obi-Wan wasn't, like... I think it would be a more abrasive relationship. Yeah. Like, it definitely would be a more abrasive relationship. But it would be interesting because I'm sure Anakin at some point would start butting heads with Qui-Gon, yeah. questioning Qui-Gon, and then he might seek out Obi-Wan to, like talk to him about how he dealt with Qui-Gon and there would be I don't know it just seems like a very cool dynamic that could be played with yeah and I honestly think there would be a lot more butting of heads in the future with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan yeah as as Obi-Wan rises in the ranks I think him and I I'm not going to say they're going to have a they would have a bad relationship but I think there would definitely be like contentious moments between the two well in a in Phantom Menace, he does kind of challenge him a little bit, where he's yeah. like, why don't you just listen to the co- console? What are you doing, console? Ahsoka? <laughs> you wheel over her. Yeah, I might have. She sits right behind me. She, that's a bad place to sit, dog. <laughs> but in Phantom Menace, he like, kind of does challenge him a little bit and questions like why he doesn't just listen to the yeah. console. I mean, there is that one fucking line. He's like, why do I have a feeling we're picking up another useless life form or something? <laughs> it's like, holy shit, man. <laughs> But, like, that's, like, the darkest side of Obi-Wan right there. I feel like it, through Qui-Gon's death, Obi-Wan might be looking back at some of the things that Qui-Gon taught him. Where, like, is if Qui-Gon yes. hadn't have died, Obi-Wan, it might have been easier for Obi-Wan to side with the Council more than. Yeah, I think he probably would have been a little more do. dogmatic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Obi-Wan, I mean, we've seen him, with, especially in Revenge of the Sith. You know, I'm not asking you. The council's asking you. Yeah. Stuff like that, where Obi-Wan kind of comes across as dogmatic. Um, I think it's just Obi-Wan knows when to cross them and when not to cross them. Yeah. Um, whereas Qui-Gon would just be like, no, nah, fuck you. So Obi-Wan's a bit of a hybrid. He's a bit of Qui-Gon in him, but he's also a bit of that kind of like formal guy yeah. that he always was, you know? That's so, what I'm saying. Like, it's because of Qui-Gon that I feel like he has that kind of sure. second... He questions what the council says, even though he does what the council yeah. says. And like the thing is, I remember when I read Master and Apprentice, one of the reasons they put Obi-Wan with a renegade style Jedi like Qui-Gon was because Obi-Wan was actually a very, um, he didn't do well with authority. If he was told something and he didn't like it, he would tend to just go against that authority. So they're like, well, let's put him with somebody that is just like that. And then Obi-Wan will actually a lot of times like side with what <laughs> we want him to do. Like it's kind of the uh, the old switcheroo on yeah. it there. So 
I don't know. Like, I, I would love to get more Obi-Wan Qui-Gon novels. I would also recommend Master and Apprentice um, for everybody. Uh, Kenobi, obviously. But, yeah, I, would, I want more Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon interaction. Um, and I think I gotta imagine we're gonna get that Force Ghost interaction. I was just gonna say, Liam Neeson has got to be in 100%. Kenobi. They're not fucking around with that. They're no. bringing they're bringing they're bringing Hayden back. They're absolutely bringing back Liam Neeson for a cameo. Yep. It, even if it's a one minute, just like a thing. Oh God, dude, it's gonna be it so great. So great. <laughs> it's gonna be so fucking great. <laughs> this is going to be like I think the pinnacle for us as Star Wars fans. Yeah. I, I honestly like all the movies that we've gotten, all the series that we've gotten. I think the Kenobi series is going to be the peak. Yeah. I think it's going to be like the absolute landmark moment that we all hope it will be. Yep. I, you know, the and best I mean, is yet to come. We've here. always, and we are not by any means haters like of any kind of like Star Wars property. No. They would have to do something egregious yeah, to I, make us like not like it. No. The worst I could see myself getting with this Kenobi series is like slightly disappointed. Oh, that I mean, they if they have a something. physical confrontation. I might be slightly disappointed, yeah. but it, I'm not, it's not going to kill my overall enjoyment, and I still think it will be the landmark. I walked into Rise of Skywalker thinking, I hope they don't bring back Palpatine. I just hope they don't bring well, back Palpatine. you kind of Palpatine. knew based on the trailer. But then within, I don't know, the first 10 minutes, you see Palpatine, and I was like, oh, yeah. well. I'm, well, we I'm saw it together. You saw it thing. once. You saw it uh, at like midnight, didn't yeah. you, or something? And then we saw it like a day later together. And I remember we left there and we went and had beer after and we were both like, I fucking love that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But and I'm just saying, yeah. like, the one thing that I was hoping no, they wouldn't yeah. do, they did. And I still yeah. was like, all right, I'm not going to let that ruin it. I'm no. going to enjoy this. And I fucking ate it up, man. Yeah. I think after I got away from it a bit and yeah, I, I've rewatched it. it a few times, I'm kind of like, well, there's a hole there. Yeah, yeah. There's a hole there. But I wasn't in, like, analyzation mode no. when I went to see it. I was like, all right, I'm here to have fun. Yeah. And I'm going to have fun. And... I fucking had fun. I mean, I the last Jedi I liked. There were things in there where I was like, "That's stupid." Yeah. Um, killing Snoke bothered me. Yeah. I was like, "We don't know anything about him yet." And then they just kind of put some cement over it with like Palpatine's. It's just, yeah. He's just in here cloning shit, which which is fine. Yeah. Like um, but no, I don't understand the hate for really anything that they put. There's nothing that's been put out that's utter dog shit. Like a lot of these people want to yeah. act like it is. No. They may not be as good as, like, Empire Strikes well, Back. Well, sorry. All you have to do... Godfather 3 is not as good as Godfather 2. That doesn't... I'm Like, it's there's still some qualities that you can take from these all movies. All you have to do is just pay attention to the things that you like. And yes. stop paying attention to the stuff that bothers you. And yeah, nothing's going to be perfect. No. we. I love this show. And I saw Jar Jar Binks dance on a table for a bunch of <laughs> Nemoidians. <laughs> and... And fucking Wattos. They're you not know? all going to be winners. No, not everything is going to be a winner, especially. But when you got this much media, just be happy that you got this much to consume and more is coming. Oh, I'm thrilled, baby. Bunch of babies thrilled. out there. I can't. I, I, as we're getting closer and closer to wrapping up the Clone Wars, I am getting really excited to get into Rebels because I've only watched Rebels, I think, once. Yeah. Once or, there are certain seasons I've watched twice. Sure. But I am really looking forward to rewatching that and getting into that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, we kind of went off on a tangent there. But Kenobi, great novel, really takes a dive into Obi-Wan's mindset. And just a, a heartbroken man, but he perseveres. Yeah. And he pushes forward. And he always puts the greater good in front of his own personal interests. He's a great guy. Yep. He's a and, really and great guy. 
I am so happy that they went with Ewan McGregor for casting. I can't imagine anyone else playing that character at this point. It's nuts, man. I mean, I grew up on the original trilogy, and I don't even think about it anymore. Oh, like, Ewan McGregor's my guy. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I don't know. I grew up, the, orig- the initial was original trilogy on VHS. Yeah. Fucking good stuff. You know, Alec Guinness was great. Looking, when you go back and but watch But the Obi-Wan it, I fell in love with was the prequel oh, yeah, absolutely, and not the Clone Wars Obi-Wan. But in like, as a kid, you look at Alec Guinness and you're just like, oh, he's just kind of like this old wizard yeah. kind of guy. You don't kind of pay him any much attention. It wasn't until I became an adult and mm-hmm. I went back and watched like A New Hope after not seeing it for a while where you realize like, Oh, Alec Guinness was the only actor that like knew what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> like the quality of his acting like comes through. No, he's where a great everyone actor. else was just not bad, but you no, can I tell mean, they're like, just more amateurs than yeah, someone well, like Alec Guinness. Well, Alec Guinness seems like I love these kids. They're fun to work with, yeah. you know, and like they were all kids. Yeah. Like Harrison Ford was a fucking kid. Carrie Fisher was a kid and Mark Hamill was a fucking kid. Yeah. Like they were young. They were in their like late teens, early 20s, something yeah, the like that. The two you know? actors, like big actors they got were Alec Ennis and Peter Cushing. Yes. And both of their performances are, they jump off the screen. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say though? Um, no, but but it's crazy to think about. Like I, I mentioned it on our Padawans podcast. Like um, this is going to take place 10 years after Order 66. Um, and then A New Hope is 20, 19, yeah. looks like, what, 18, 19? Yeah, so it's like a so halfway it's, yeah. point. It's just crazy when you look at Ewan McGregor now and what he's going to look like versus Alec oh, yeah, Guinness yeah. just on, you know, in the Star Wars 10 years later in a Star Wars timeline. It's fucking nuts. But there was a line in there, and I'm not sure if it's what they were going for, but they talk about how, like, brutal the sun is on Tatooine and how you have to make sure you're covering yourself up when you're outdoors and stuff like that. And Annalene's riding away, and Obi-Wan, you know, she had just, like, given him some advice, like, yeah, you might want to cover up that. And so, like, he's like, oh, okay, whatever. And she's, like, riding away from his place, and she turns around and sees him, and he's just, he takes his fucking hood off, and he's just staring, like, into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's trying to age himself, like, for cover. Like, he's hoping to get melanoma. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why he's... <laughs> I, maybe I completely misread it. It was, like, one line in a 400-page book, that I and I read that line a while back, so I could be completely off. Don't quote me on it. Should we do listener appreciation? Yeah. Alrighty. It's only because I'm so in love. I was gonna change the music up, but I, I kept it no. one more week. <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love with Fire! you. Chibata! You're stuck with me, Sky Guy. Alright. Listener appreciation. Got to kick things off with the Holy Trinity. Hello there. The Press Kenobi. The The Athorian Historian. And of course, the one, the only, the president of Norway, architect of the Nordic model. You'll know! You'll know. The diplomat. Yeah. You'll know. I don't know if you saw in the Discord. Uh, I think the Press Kenobi posted that weird, like, virtual float that they had yeah. from the Macy's. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a, a Galaxy's Edge promotion of some yeah. kind. And you'll know's like... <laughs> You'll know says, you know, every time I think I want to visit the States, I remember that you guys have shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't blame man. That thing that thing was just terrifying to me. 
I would not want to see that thing walking up to me yeah. when I'm at a when I'm at a Disney park trying to have a good time. It was like a uh, what are, what is that? What's that uh, species with the big eyes that stick out? Oh, uh, uh, from uh, Malastare, the yeah, the uh, uh, not oh, dogs, uh, Gron, the Gron, Gron, yes, yeah. Was that a Gron? No, it looked like it had more eyes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It looked like a Gron with more eyes. Yeah, it looked like a brand new species. Like Gron have three eyes. I got a Gron up. This here. guy's got six. Yeah, it's like maybe it's like um, remember in uh the Simpsons when they kept dumping the radioactive waste in the yeah 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 <laughs> and they got those fish with like eight eyes he or whatever. The guy looks like the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, maybe it's a Toxic Avenger Gron. <laughs> He's carrying a porg. Did you see my progressive post? Yeah. God, I'm stupid, man. <laughs> It's fucking gold, I tell you. It's gold. Okay, so yeah, that's your Holy Trinity there. Great bunch, that Holy Trinity. Love that Holy Trinity. Okay, and of course, we got Eliza, a.k.a. A Drop of Magic on Twitter. Eliza uh, Eliza and the Duchess of Darksaber Light, shout out to them. They gave me some reading recommendations, and we just, I didn't get through it all. Between reading Kenobi and just all the reading that I did, and we got to record this episode today. Uh, I didn't get through it all, but there is, um, in the Tales of Light and Dark, which is a canon Clone Wars novel, there is like a 40-page short story that follows Obi-Wan during this episode. Oh. And that would have been really good. I haven't gotten it yet, but hey, maybe, you know, I'll read it between now and the next record, and we can yeah. probably have a little further discussion on it. Yes, and then there's also a... Uh, it's in the mail, um, and the Duchess of Dark Saberlight also gave me a link to uh, a file to read it online if I want, but I haven't got through it yet. Uh, it is the it talks about this arc and everything that was going down in it, so I'm going to read that too. So there's a lot of content surrounding this arc. Suddenly, because for a while now, <laughs> thankfully the listeners have told you like, "Hey, don't read this until yeah. you watch this." Can and I read? Can I read? Can I get back on my can and read through now, though? Now we are starting to, like, cross off the episodes that you needed to read before getting into other stuff. See, now, I sat on Dark Disciple. That's where uh, I think it was Eliza, or maybe it was DK. I can't remember. But one of them was like, hey, uh, yeah, take a break from the canon novels. It's going to give away too much. But I wonder if I can get to Dark Disciple now. That's a good question. That's your I'm Quinlan Boss and, and Ventress, Ventress novel. stuff, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's other stuff coming up that might ruin that. But I'll just... I'm not sure. I'll check. I'll okay. check. But I am looking for my next book now, so... There's that. Um, Jaylee, you are a bold one. The official artisan of the pod. Celine in Perry, the Parisian princess. Jules at El Davio. The royal subject. <laughs> <laughs> Got no feedback. Got no feedback on the royal subject. But uh, Jules is like liking stuff. Yeah. I just haven't gotten no feedback on the royal subject. I say go with it. Oh, Jules is a big monarchist. <laughs> <laughs> Loves that monarchy. I don't know. Who cares? I don't know anything about British politics. I just know that their prime minister is a very disheveled looking man. Yes, he is. <laughs> you see a picture of him when he got like, um, I don't know what he was doing, but he has like a harness on and he's floating in the air. That was for the Olympics. Okay. He got like stuck on a zip line and he was like holding a flag <laughs> or something. <laughs> so he went on a zip line and he just, what, did he break the zip line? And something he just... like that. I did hear a story about him though. Like it was before he became prime minister because he was, I think. He, he was he was an a MP politician for a while yeah. in London. He was a member of parliament for yeah, a long yeah, yeah. time, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think he might have even been the mayor or something. Oh, he's the mayor of London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. But he, like, this, I think it was on NPR or something. They were talking about, like, oh, no, he actually, like, 
he knows exactly what he's doing. He's playing a character as like a buffoon because he likes the response he gets from it. Like one of the things that they pointed out is like his hair always looks like kind of a mess. Yeah. And they said that there are multiple people that have said that before certain like appearances, he'll ask them like, how do I look? And they're like, oh, well, your hair is very tidy. And he'll like intentionally like mess it up just because he's playing that kind of character to disarm people. Wow. It's just another peek behind the curtain politics. Interesting. It's like watching Michael Richards behind the scene was a Kramer. (laughs) Like Kramer is just this slapstick. (laughs) But Michael Richards is just like this very serious. Yes. (laughs) Interesting stuff. I don't want to know what else Michael Richards does behind the scenes. Oh, God, no. Uh, Still sad. (laughs) That was one of the saddest falls of all time. All righty, then. We got the official retweeter of the pod. You ain't ready for me to hit this button, but it's coming anyways. Traveling through hyperspace in like Dustin Crops, boy. That would be Rural Farm Boy. Yadada! All right, the four horsemen of the email apocalypse. Noah, Blight, Wade, Death, Stephen, Famine. Stephen's ready for war. <laughs> that tweet still gets me. He says, oh, we're going to war? Okay. He's <laughs> just, Stephen rolls in. He's on episode 55. <laughs> and the Horseman of War, inaugural appearance official, it's the Eelk. <laughs> the Eelk. <laughs> the Eelk lives. Yeah, Joshua died in battle. Yes, um, R.I.P. Joshua. But we're still out here, Joshua. So <laughs> we still see you, buddy. All righty. Isaac on Twitter, my wrestling friend. There we go. Give me the Yoda. Uh, we are members of the Podwans Podcasting Network. Wayfinder Pod at Wayfinder Proj. Also check out our Halo Lorecast from a certain point of skew at F-A-C-P-A-P-O-D. The Jar Jar Thinks Pod at Jar Jar Thinks. Laura, Michaela, and Jess. Hey, Michaela. Vader's Thoughts at Vader Thinks. Most things can be the newest member at MTK underscore podcast. And don't forget, we got our on deck. We got Daryl. We got Sam Porg. We got Mo. We got the twin sons. <laughs> There's others. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll just on uh, the on deck. I can kind of just rotate names in and yeah, out I as I so. see people popping in, see if they've been listening. Yeah. I don't know. but I know they are for sure. Ooh. I like the on deck. Yeah, I like the on deck. It's a good addition. Because yeah. we can kind of just bap, bap, yeah. bap, bap. But we're still trying to do new things here without completely abandoning the segment and revamping it. Because <laughs> right. we got pushback on that. That damn Noah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I see you. You're getting rid of that. <laughs> what a little asshole. <laughs> just kidding, Noah. We love you. Uh, all right. Should we do... We do have some mail. You want to get the mail? Yeah. Okay. Not... not I think we... Skipped over them in listener appreciation, but for good reason because they actually reached out. So yes, Darth Clink. Yes, I'm getting to it. Yeah, let me do my thing. But I'm gonna hit the special button for Darth Clink. Yeah. Not hitting the traditional mail. Also, I just really like this drop. It is Darth Clink Tarek. Put that magic spell on me. This baby sound effect, man. I like the version without the baby sound effects actually because that is kind of funky, you know. But I don't know. Bowie's a funky guy. I love Bowie. He is. He's a great guy. R.I.P. Okay. So Darth Clink did reach out. Live Maisie Motions on Twitter. One of our faves. Uh, Tom, I'm very sorry for the loss of your girlfriend, the Duchess. Hold on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
stand. Okay. Um, here's some pictures of cute animals in Star Wars <laughs> costumes to soothe your soul. I posted one of them on Twitter. It, I'm going to get Ahsoka that. It's like a bantha <laughs> yeah. with like a little tuscan on the back. I'm getting Ahsoka that. Adam, I hope that you can be there to support Tom in these dark times. Anyways, happy Thanksgiving, you guys. I'm very thankful for you both, the podcast, and the clone Castanova family you've cultivated. Hope you get to eat your fill and drink deep of all good things today. Be well, live, a.k.a. Darth Clink. So, live. Thank you for the comforting words. We love you, Liv. We Thank do love so Liv very much. Um, we're very thankful for all of our clone Casanovas. Yes. It's awesome. Is, is your mom making like Thanksgiving oh, dinner? My mom stuff? does not do the turkey. Okay. It's just the two of us. So what she does, she gets the Cornish game hens. <laughs> you know, those are like those little chickens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh they're a tasty succulent treat. <laughs> And I'm sure she'll have some uh, some crescent rolls for me as stuffing? well. Is there stuffing? Well, there'll be stuffing. Uh, stuffing, crescent rolls. I'll get some mashed peas. I like. I love Thanksgiving's food. Like the food at Thanksgiving. I love a be- green bean casserole. Oh, you do? I love green bean casserole. That like I might fried, as well. Honestly, fried onions on top. I might as well be eating sewage. I hate it. See, you find different recipes. If you just do like the cream of mushroom soup and like the canned beans, like, yeah, that's garbage. But you could find like homemade green bean casserole recipes that are phenomenal. Uh, but uh, just everything in Thanksgiving, I love. Very controversial. We need to have, you know what I need? I need a button. Um, I need a controversy button for when you say something so controversial that I just can't even. Well, when it comes to food, I'm going to step on a lot of landmines with you because you're a picky guy. I wanted you to back me up on that. Uh, one of our potential listeners that will be getting a shout out soon. <laughs> yeah. But um, I claim to not have ate beans in years. And this is a fact I did not know. But, like, I but know do you I, believe me? I absolutely Thank believe you. you. I don't eat fucking beans. I, I think, think they're it's disgusting. <laughs> beans are disgusting. Well, the, 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 the conversation was like, can you imagine eating a bunch of beans and then having sex? <laughs> like, <laughs> how awful does that sound? It sounds awful. Yes. Like, beans are not sex food. No. Actually, you know what? I don't want to eat for, like, There's at least two of, hours before or after sex. There are a lot of foods that don't qualify as sex foods. I feel disgusting enough all the time. <laughs> I don't need to fucking hook a bunch of fucking beans into my stomach before I get laid, all right? Nah. Uh-uh. I have wanted not for the happen. longest time. I want to figure out the, like, halfway point, like, six months after Thanksgiving <laughs> in the middle of summer and do, like, because I love Thanksgiving food so much. I, it's... So you want to try it in like... I want to have it like twice a year instead of once. Maybe do like a big Easter thing. Eh. That Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) We're not into that guy. No, you eat eggs on Easter. So I think Easter's a big ham holiday too. It is ham. Not a big ham guy. No, I'm not a big big ham guy I used to like ham with a little maple syrup. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on how you do it, but I I prefer the turkey. I can't believe they canceled Aunt Jemima. (laughs) Stupid conservative shit. The Aunt Jemima thing. I saw a few tweets about that when that happened. I about died. I saw one like, yeah, we're only eating Mrs. Butterworth in my home now. <laughs> the thing that, that I thought was absolutely fucking insane is when that went on. There were conservatives that wrote like soliloquies about like the woman that Aunt Jemima was based on was a former slave and she developed this recipe and it's like oh all of a sudden you guys become fucking historians <laughs> yeah. you go to a library because they cancel a cartoon <laughs> character maybe you should do this for all the things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man no but that that is like out of all the cancel 
things, that is the one that got me the most. Yeah. I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, no, not, not Jemima. Is it still called Aunt Jemima? They no, just got I, rid of the character? Or I think what they is changed it? The, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I thought they changed the name, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I, I remember the tweet like it was yesterday. I, my family's only eating Mrs. Buttersworth. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking bored are you? They all, all these people have like twenty thousand dollars in their fucking checking account. And they're just bored. They have no problems. None. Whatsoever. They have no real problems. <laughs> no. None. So they got to get mad about Aunt Jemima. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I, dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> it really is. Some of the stuff is just so good. <laughs> How do we get into that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, syrup with ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring back Uncle Mama. Thanksgiving in the middle of summer. That'd be fun. Oh, the Mr. Potato Head. That was good, too. Mr. Potato Head, the Uncle Ben's. Oh, they got rid of Uncle Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still Uncle Ben, but they don't have Uncle Ben on it? Don't know. I'm sure he's out. Ah. I, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, the Mr. Potato is great because they, they still make Mr. Potato Head. They just changed the branding from Mr. Potato Head to, to Potato, Potato Head. Head. Because there's always been, like, Mrs. Potato Heads. Well, <laughs> I remember as a child having a Mr. Potato Head, and it came with, like, pieces where you could make it Mrs. Potato Head. That's why I thought it was so crazy. Like, I remember my Mr. Potato Head had, yeah. like, a bow and female eyes, and, like, you could gender it any way that you wanted to. Yeah. So I thought it only made sense. Like, oh, yeah, you just changed the name to Potato Head because... You can make it Mrs. or Mr. Like whatever, just out of the box. So yeah. why why does it matter? Yeah, I mean that people was just, are just looking for reasons to be yeah. pissed off. And that was just another thing to be upset. It's like the Boba Fett starship thing. Yeah, it's like it's just a box, man. Who cares? They're not chained. They're still a Mr. Potato Head. It's still called Slave One. Yeah, it's just a box. You can call it whatever the fuck you want to yeah. in your house. Here's something for you. Let's say something really controversial that's going to get people pissed off. Um, what's something, what's something, what's like, I was thinking about making an account where I just make up things to like fake controversies to get like conservatives mad. Yeah. Like where it's like, oh, actually Grogu is trans. Like, well, that's my favorite thing is just picking out two random people in like a franchise and just be like, oh no, they've been gay the whole time. Yeah. They've been gay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, I think Finn and Poe's a big one. Finn and Poe's a big one. I want Finn and Poe to kiss if for nothing but to just piss people off. I, I like, love it. I, I was, love it. I was <laughs> joking and I was saying like one of the sequel movies should have only been Finn and Poe like the entire just making the out. entire movie just making out their love story. Do it. I, I would love to see the outrage <laughs> that happens from that. Yeah. But no, it, it would be so easy to just make up fake controversies. The couple, the couple that I do stand by, I actually, when I watch it, I look at it as they are actually in love. It's in Rogue One. Chew it and uh, base. The Guardians of the Wills? Yeah. Huh. Looking at their relationship and watching it like with that frame on it, like I, I do. I always kind of view them as like um, siblings. Yeah, but if you watch it, like especially when he's walking out and saying, when Chew it is sacrificing himself, basically. Yeah. And you see Baze's reaction to it. It adds something to it if you're looking at it from like, oh, they're in a relationship. All right. Well, I'm going to have to put on my gay goggles and watch it. Still like it. That's the one I stand by. All right. I'll check it out that way. I'm, I'm always good for a Rogue One rewatch. Yeah. Always looking for new perspectives on that bad boy. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> okay. I think we've gotten through everything. Uh, should we start the episode? Yes. All right. Let's do it. Do it. 
I don't even want to be around anymore. What? I don't want to be around anymore. Like you don't want to live anymore? I don't know. Forgot the time warp. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. <laughs> I think I. Uh, uh, okay, so it was a movie I never heard of. What, what's the air date on this one? Should we just do? Yeah. We might as well just do it now. What, what, okay, what do we got for an air date on the Lawless? Lawless. <laughs> I got it here. If you don't got it, oh, almost there. Almost there. You, you want me to just say it? Lawless there aired February second, two thousand thirteen. Okay, so the movie. You want to play the theme? Huh? No, I don't fucking care. Let's just get on with it. <laughs> this is my least favorite song. Okay, so that far has ever been. Uh, we'll do the movie even first, more though. than the, the even more than the Maroon Five. I hate this fucking song. Okay, so the movie I remembered what it was like once I read the description of the movie. I was like, oh, I remember seeing that advertised, but it was a one week number one movie. Um, it's brand new. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. The main male role in it is played by the guy that plays young beast in uh the new x-men oh, yeah. movies x-men first class all that stuff yeah nicholas holt i think his I, name is yeah yeah that sounds right so he plays the main role it's actually a zombie movie of some kind oh um is it something weird like i heart zombie or something warm bodies warm bodies where yeah. he's like a zombie but it's like a rom-com, rom-com yeah very strange but yeah that was your number one movie um when this aired now just tragedy abound um here we the, we lose the duchess on this day and we have a new number one song for about a month here that is just the bane of my existence i fucking hate this song <laughs> i hate it and i'm sure some of you like it it was a very popular song i fucking hate it any clues i just fucking hate it should we just play it sure all right Oh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Thrift shop. It doesn't help that it was played non-endlessly in every commercial, every promo. No. And I think when I first heard it, I probably preferred it to like moves like Jagger or that one more night. Yeah. Like the first time you hear it, it's not a bad song. It was just beat to death. (laughs) I remember, like, I almost got dragged to Des Moines for a Macklemore concert. <laughs> and that would have been just hell on earth. Not only are you bringing me to Des Moines, but then you're going to make me sit through two hours of Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Like, good Lord. Like, I remember my friend at the time, she was like, don't you want, this guy's going to blow up in the next few months. And he did. Yeah, he did. Don't you want, this is going to be a really small venue. It's like, it would be like seeing Eminem before he got really big. And I'm like, no, it is not like that at all. Um... No, this guy will maybe he'll hit it with like a hit or something, but he will be gone in a few years. And I was correct. Yeah, he fizzled pretty quick. Oh, big fizzle. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know why, but that song is just grating to me at this point. And it's like number one for the next four or five episodes, probably. So, (laughs) I'll mention it. It will give me a good opportunity to bring back Sugar Kids Bop, probably. <laughs> or maybe I'll find another Kids Bop hit to throw in there. Something that's good, you know? 
I'm sure I just offended listeners. I'm sure there's some Macklemore stands out there. Or one of our listeners that's in Des Moines, like, hey. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a natural border hate. Yeah. It's, it's like if you asked me to go to Milwaukee. Oh, fuck you. I'm not going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's pretty good. Shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can we make fun of the Dakotas without any recompenses? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, Pierre, South Dakota, eat my ass. <laughs> Is that a city, Pierre, South Dakota? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? They got Sioux Falls. They got the Black Hills. Ooh, those hills in the Badlands. And they got the uh, the uh, the uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah, Fargo that everybody thinks is in Minnesota. Well, that's north. Yeah, that's North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, Fargo's in North Dakota. It basically is in Minnesota. It's like right on. It's the border. on the border. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, same the, with Sioux Falls. To the east, the Minnesota town that borders Fargo is Moorhead. Yeah, it's not as sexy as it sounds. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the law list, okay? So, where we left off... Um, Season 5, episode 16. Correct. Um, Darth Maul defeated Pre Vizsla, took up the Darksaber, and is now declaring himself the ruler of Mandalore. The secret ruler, though. He's putting, he's putting our good friend... Uh, long neck in charge. Prime Minister Almec <laughs> has been reinstated out of prison, and he is the puppet master here. Well, Maul's the puppet master for Prime Minister Almec. Uh, the, the Duchess Satine, Satine is in prison, um, and this was the role Almec was born to play. He like yeah, puppet he's guy jumping at the opportunity to be a puppet. Yeah, puppet guy. He loves being puppet guy. He doesn't have the Duchess to push back on his stupid ideas. Yeah, so it's just like. He, he, you know, and Maul's the kind of guy that he likes. Yeah, you know, like just a dictator. Like yep. this, he's an he's an authoritarian. That's what he is. I wrote down for a neutral star system. Mandalore seemed to descend into fascism or fascism real quick. Well, yeah, we we said it probably like four or five times. Yeah, it was, it was like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like hey, this sounds good. <laughs> like one like one the, criminal. I would think that the entire populace like also would like to keep neutrality, but. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, they're right into it. Um, and also, uh, some of the Death Watch once Maul took up the Dark Saber rebelled, and that includes Bo-Katan, who I guess would be the de facto leader of the Defectors. But Death Watch is split in two now. Some have sided with Maul, and some have sided with Bo-Katan and oppose Maul's rule. So we got—I mean, this place went from like. A peaceful, neutral planet to, like, civil war in <laughs> yeah. a week. <laughs> Just craziness. Yeah. Like, there was no build. Everything happens fast. And then the other thing that I thought was nuts is it was, like, overnight, all of the Death Watch that sided with Maul got new outfits. Yes. <laughs> they, like, airbrushed they got like Yeah, they armor. airbrushed them with some red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our first scene is going to be the Duchess, our beautiful, beautiful Duchess in Magneto prison still. She's back in the Magneto prison cell. Um, and she has a rescuer come in. Could it be Obi-Wan Kenobi? Or is it a different Kenobi? Let's find out. What do you want, you traitor? I would never betray you, Auntie Satine. I'm here to rescue you. Corky! It's his mom. <laughs> Freeze! Hold it there! Death Watch! Oh, it's been a long time. It's okay, Auntie. She's on our side now. Why are you helping now? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. There was a time when we weren't enemies. 
Perhaps that time has come again. Come on. Let's go. Another heading out. It's all clear. Come on. There's a bunch of people waiting for him at the uh, loading dock. It's the same the kids prison. from the, like, yeah, from the academy. We need to contact the Jedi Council. Corky, give me your comm link. It won't be any good unless we get outside the city. All other frequencies are jammed. I already tried calling <sighs> You're Dad. You're taking a terrible <laughs> risk by helping me. Nothing we haven't done before. Right, Auntie? Let's they really hammer home this Auntie. Don't yes, they? they do. I yes, think... Yes, they I do. swear, Filoni, it's tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> and there's some lines in this episode where I'm just like, You're his fucking dad! Satine is his mom! Like, it's... There's a couple lines. We'll talk about that one line coming up. Um, God, I wonder if they get into that in the Kenobi series. That'd be hilarious. The other thing that was nuts, Corky just, like, offed a guard. Yes. <laughs> like, so, like, the, the door back. opens. What you heard there, that shot, that blaster shot. The door opens. It's a Death Watch guard going to check in on Satine, I guess. And then Jet, dude, just gets shot point blank in the back by Corky. <laughs> Apparently, it's a very sneaky little one. Yeah. By the end of this episode, Corky's hands are filled with blood. Yeah. <laughs> He's ta he takes out, like, five yeah. different dudes. And as we know, Satine is a well-known pacifist. Yeah. But she's, she's kind of like, yeah... Fucking great. Yeah. Get me out of here. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I mentioned. Because uh, she has bitched at Obi-Wan when he's. Yeah, used, when he's been aggressive. Yeah. But she seems to have abandoned that at this point. Like knowing. I think like her pacifism has been pushed past its boundaries at this point. Yeah. And like just being falsely imprisoned and just watching your entire beloved planet fall apart. I think it's just kind of her changing her mindset on some of these things. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I thought was notable, because I brought up last episode too, how just I forgot how incredibly Aryan the populace of Mandalore yeah. looks. Corky looks like a Nazi, like physically, like his bone structure in his hair, like he looks like Reinhardt, <laughs> Reinhardt Heydrich, like he looks <laughs> like a Nazi, but he's not. No, he's not. I think he looks a lot like Obi Wan. I I need to see a side by side again. <laughs> Now, did you notice when um, she runs up to him and he's like, I would never betray you, auntie. And she runs up and she they embrace. It's like the same embrace that she does with Obi-Wan later in the episode. Did you notice that? I did not. Very interesting stuff, too. Now, so we find out later in the episode, but Bo-Katan is Satine's sister. Um, but apparently, I don't know, did they go to different grade school or something? Yeah. Like, were I, they from different sides of the planet? Like, did one of them go off to boarding school and get all, like, regal, you know, that traditional, like, Europe, that English, you know, the, the, yeah, the yeah, UK yeah. style of English, whereas Bo-Katan is, like, the more Americanized version of English? Like, it's um, it's jarring how different they sound. Yeah. You don't usually see that in a direct family like I that. I really would like some background on, on this family. This family. Because, like, yeah. there's another sister, apparently. There's not. Well, uh, apparently there has to be. Okay, let's just get into it now. Because Obi-Wan later in this episode goes, you have a sister? Yeah. Which to me, he knows. Like, they... I'm telling you, dude. Like, I think there was like some sort of split in the family. And they kind of just like completely cut each other off. And didn't even like talk about each other. Like, it was a really hard split. That being said, I would assume she would have a good relationship with Corky's mother. Because yes. he really cares about her. Yes. And they, she obviously, like, was a uh, parental influence to him. You would think Obi-Wan would know about that sister. Yeah. But he doesn't. No. Because he says, you have a sister? So what this implies to me is, 
she doesn't actually have a sister that Obi-Wan knows about. She knows she has one that Obi-Wan doesn't know about that has been complete. They've like, don't even, they hate each other. Yeah. But she doesn't have a sister that Obi-Wan knows about. Obi-Wan is his dad. <laughs> do, you get, do you see where I'm going with this? No, I see where you're going. But the cover story, like, she has to have a sister for Corky to keep calling her auntie. Corky has to assume. Corky that, has to assume. Yes. But there is not one. There's a surrogate. It's like, you're going to raise my child for me. Right, but then she has to still have that person pretend to be her sister when it in comes order to Corky. for Corky to be like, oh, auntie. When it comes to Corky. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, I want to find out who that person is. Yes. Who is the cover agent? Yes. Maybe she's got like a Tecla. It, it could be. But only like... But I mean, I'm assuming... Who knows the way that the family tree works? But I'm assuming if that's the ruse, like... It's a loyal handmaiden that's pretending to be her sister for Corky's sake and Obi-Wan's sake. Yes. And it would like, make I, sense. But, but that means that this ruse has to be through her parents pretending. It's got to be the family wide. Well, yeah. I mean, there's that. Um, and, you know, as she ascends into power here, I'm sure like the higher the elder members of the family would understand the need to cover that up. Also, they're a public facing family. Yeah. So. Everyone else would have to be, like, along for the ride, too. Well, she could have given birth, and then she was out of public eye. You know, maybe she was off at camp. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because yeah. when her and Obi-Wan met, I'm assuming they were 16, 17. That's what I would assume. You know, so young love, you know? Yeah. Um, I I want to see a family. And I guarantee you, the Jedi do not have sex ed training courses. No. Like, Obi-Wan had no idea what a condom was. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no there was no sex ed class of no. Plo Koon like putting yeah. a condom on a banana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I want to see like a clan Kree's like family tree like yeah. all plotted out. Well, there's obviously was a split between her and Bo. Yes. Like a big split of some kind. And they probably hadn't talked in years. And maybe it was just so just, you know, the, the anger was so deep there that she just never mentioned Obi-Wan like, oh, yeah, I have a younger sister. Yeah. You know, but that being said. Bo is definitely not Corky's mom. No. Or. No, that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> I'm really trying to dig in here because I really do think that Dave Filoni never said it. But I think in Filoni's head, that is what he's going with. Well, and I did see there's a video online someone posted that was refuting the Corky Kenobi theory. And he was saying that uh, something like there's no way that that Obi-Wan would knowingly like betray the Jedi and like have sex with Satine. But if, if he did, like Obi-Wan would sense that he has a child and he would do the right thing by that child and his, the mother of his child. Well, that's boring. And then he was also saying like Satine know has a sense of duty so much that, he didn't think that she would be able to keep that knowledge from Obi-Wan. She's so invested in her duty that she felt like he felt like she would have to tell Obi-Wan. But Obi-Wan chose the order and like it's implied that they did have this moment. I'm not saying I agree with this I know guy. I'm I'm just I'm just arguing with him and he's not here. Yeah. But Obi-Wan did choose the order. And we have those that moment um from the initial arc with the uh, the horny ship fucking voice of temptation <laughs> when we have the moment where 
he's like, I would have left the order if you had said the word. And like, I don't know. I think you can also take Satine's like, you know, her um, just her. She's very headstrong. And you can also take that and say, well, Obi-Wan made a choice and she didn't want him to choose the other life because like, oh, you have a kid, you have a responsibility. And Ob- knowing Obi-Wan, she would know that he would have chose that then if he yeah. found out about the kid. The problem with that is Satine doesn't want that. Satine wants him to leave for her, not because he feels obligated because of a child. Right. No, I like that theory a lot more. I like, do too. I would much rather have it be that. Yeah. I just real. I honest to God think that that's what Filoni has got going on. God, I hope so. It's fucking great. Yeah. Ooh, what if he calls up George and just like, yeah, fuck it. Just do it. God, what if that's <laughs> the entire Kenobi series? <laughs> just Corky. Obi- Obi-Wan finding out episode one. Corky seeks him out. Yep. They have an argument or something on, at Obi-Wan's hut in Tatooine. Corky just wanders off in the desert. Where are you going? You know, like, <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> I don't know. It would be fun. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know, but there's a lot of, like, holes in the whole, like, Corky lineage here that we don't know about. But those holes allow you to, like, poke around and say, well, that would make sense if you do this and you move these yep. around. Oh, I'm I think we got it. I'm sure we're going to get some kind of novelization or some kind of graphic novel that will shine a light Eventually, on that time yeah. that Obi-Wan and Satine met yeah. on Mandalore. We you know. will get that. And at hashtag Obatine supremacy. Yeah. There's a lot of us out there that are clamoring for this yeah. stuff. So they'll give it to us. I would love to see it. We'll get something eventually. Now that the clone cast is picked up on us, Disney, you know, they're hawking around. They're like, hey, the clone cast keeps talking about Corky. <laughs> We're going to have to do something. Well, and Bo-Katan seems All to... 80 of their listeners demand it. Bo-Katan seems to be a hit with the Mandalorian, so maybe they'll do a spinoff series with her and we'll get some backstory and stuff. Oh, it's a good one. There's a lot. Yeah. Oh, this stuff's exciting. <laughs> Anyways, we do have an episode to talk about. I just kind of wanted to get into that there because... Of course. It's the one time we see Corky in this episode. Um, so uh, they head out and they are pursued by Death Watch. Um, they don't get very far before Death Watch catches on to the fact that the Duchess is no longer in the prison. Um, so they're being pursued by Death Watch. Um, really cool stuff from Bo and the defectors just kicking the shit out of some Death Watch uh, agents that are pursuing them. They do a move that we'll see again in the Clone Wars, but anytime there's like a jetpack chase scene, mm-hmm. they do this move when Bo notices that they're getting chased or fired upon by death watch where she says like take them out she orders two yeah. of her guys and they they're following on their jetpacks but then they do this like jetpack break yeah where they, where just, they like yeah. cut the power and kind of like fly and get back. behind them it's yeah the coolest yeah it's like it's like if you're uh you know if you're driving your car really hit and then you just pull the e-brake yeah and you just fucking come to a dead halt all of a sudden if and someone's kind of just chasing yeah. besides you and you do that and then they fly by you. yeah and then you're behind them and now you're flanking them it's really cool it's really cool. just the way that they yeah. animate their bodies to kind of like fanning yeah. out I mean, the animation in this this arc, especially this episode, is fucking bonkers. Yes. Man. It's great. Um, so they end up taking a hit, though, from some more Death Watch agents. And the speeder that Satine is in crashes in this, like, tunnel system. It's like a, you know, it's, a, it's just like any driving through a tunnel in a city. Um, so, but the thing is that they need to get, like, outside of the city to transmit this signal. 
So they're like almost there. Like right on the other side of this tunnel is like Corky said that the communications are being jammed. Yeah. And it's implied that once they get out of this tunnel here, they're going to be further enough away that they get a clean signal out. Because if you remember Mandalore, it's like the cities like Sindari is like in a big orb. Yeah, it's like a bubble. Yeah, it's but like the bubble has openings to the outside so you can like dock a ship and you know, so they're going to like one of these docking areas to get the signal out. Um so once they crash, the team just like books it for uh what? <laughs> it is also hilarious that she's literally looking at cell phone bars. Yeah. She has the like lady bit yeah. or lady lady uh Gillette communicator yeah. that Qui-Gon uses yeah. in episode one, but there's like a little hologram of like Nokia, yeah, like cell so bars, straight up cell bars. Like she, <laughs> yeah. like her cell phone isn't working, and she's yeah. got to get out of the. And it doesn't work well in tunnels. She ran out of roaming time. Yeah, if you ever like listen to the radio when you drive through a tunnel, yeah, it just, always cuts bang. out. Yeah, and your cell phone signal goes to shit in the tunnel. You know, so yeah, she gets out there though, and it does transmit a signal in time. Um, but right as she's getting the signal out, um, it looks, it appears to be that Gar Saxon arrives um and punches corky corky takes a big old punch in the face oh, yeah. this guy um and she does get a signal out to the jedi temple like right before she's arrested like help me obi-wan it's very like help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope yes. type stuff um the gar saxton character too i still don't know if it's actually him or if it's just somebody in his type of armor it's really cool because it, it implies that he's like the lead death watch for maul yes like because he's got maul spikes it's got the red of Maul, but then it's got also got the head He's spikes. He's augmented his, his helmet, helmet yeah, to look to like have, Maul's yeah. horn crown. He's got some Zabrak spikes going on but there. But it looks like it's like an outfit. It's a Death Watch outfit that looks like it would be stocked at Hot Topic. Yeah. Can we can we pause this for a second? I just want to say this episode is so fucking good. It's really good. It's incredible. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So uh, she gets the signal out and... We get to the Jedi Temple, and Obi-Wan is called into, like, the Jedi War Room that we've seen. No Terra Sinube. Very disappointing. That, like, if you want to put Terra Sinube in the, just standing in the corner, I would have been like, fucking 10. Perfect. Give it a 10. Um, but Obi-Wan is called in. Ki-Adi Mundi is there, and Yoda is there, and that's going to be our next clip. You summoned me, Masters. This is a message for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've lost Mandalore. My people have been massacred, and Olmec is now the Prime Minister. I can't explain everything now, but Olmec has the support of the crime families. Obi-Wan, I need your help. Your thoughts on this, Master Kenobi? Satine has been at odds with the Death Watch for years. And according to a report from Padawan Tano, they are no longer in league with the Separatists. If there was a takeover on Mandalore, it was most likely an independent act caused by the Death Watch alone. Without involvement from the Separatists, this is an internal affair for the Mandalorians. I'm afraid we cannot help. We cannot just hand Mandalore over to these crime families and let Satine become a martyr. I'm afraid her decision to keep Mandalore neutral makes this situation difficult. Understand your feelings. I do, Obi-Wan. But to take action, Support from the Republic Senate. We will need. You know what the Senate will decide. They will not send aid to a neutral system. At this time, nothing more can we do. It is, a, it is ironic that Kiari Mundi is always a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> His head literally looks like a penis. Yeah. It was, you know, 
phallic imagery. He's yeah. a dickhead. Yeah. He's got a big old penis on his head. Um, if you look at like everything he says in the movies, he's consistently wrong about like everything that he says. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's actually a super cut of that. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, he's like four lines and every time he's <laughs> like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's an idealist. <laughs> like, no, he's a Sith Lord. Yeah. And he told Obi-Wan as much. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> How does he say that after that? I know. He, Count Dooku's an idealist. Like what? Is that a murderer? Well, I guess that was before Geonosis, but I still feel like they should know enough at this point that Dooku's kind of gone off the rails. Kiari Moody is the character that like completely personifies the arrogance of the Jedi. Yeah. Well, who can blame him? He's got like he gets to have sex with an entire planet. <laughs> this guy's got a big head on him. He does. Literally. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he just gets to go back to Cerulean or wherever the fuck he's from couple times a year just get down yeah lay some seed yep the ripping and the tearing oh i gotta put that shit in there now <laughs> here let me just grab that quick just so i don't have to go in and post yeah that yeah that this is me uh just kind of tap dancing okay here we go what brings you to hedonism that many times? The wild women, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing. <laughs> That's Kiati Mooney on a trip home. Hedonism. He's from the planet Hedonism. Okay. All right. So Obi Wan does not have authority to do anything. Oh, we can bring it before the Senate, but the Senate's fighting a war right now. They don't give a shit about Mandalore. Yep. They're not going to do anything. Um, so we get back to. Uh, Sundari, Mandalore, and Almec is giving Maul an update. He does say that the Death Watch rebels escaped, uh, but we did uh, capture the Duchess, um, who did contact the Jedi. And Maul has his back turned to everybody, but Maul is actually very pleased to hear that she contacted the Jedi. He wants Kenobi his, to come. That's his long game. Yes. And he's like, yeah, the Republic's not going to help them. Kenobi will have to come alone if he wants to help out his friend. You know, So Maul's plan is coming together here. Um, so sure enough, as soon as he says that Kenobi will have to come alone, we see the Twilight, which we have not seen for a while. The ship, the Twilight, Anakin's ship that he, it has been all a while the way back. He, he got that thing all the way back on the movie, which was yep. like our third or fourth episode, which might be our lowest audio quality, uh, ever. Yeah. It was a rough one, yep. <laughs> but we haven't seen this ship since I just looked it up. Uh, Children of the Force was the last episode. Is that, that the one where in. Cad Bane's like abducting kids? Yeah. For Palpatine? For Palpatine, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so Anakin borrowed it. It's implied that Obi-Wan's like, oh, Anakin, next time you borrow me, a this is the last time I borrow a ship from you, I believe he says. Because uh, it's like, as soon as you see it, it's like smoking. Yeah. Like the thing looks like it's beat to shit. I don't know what Anakin's been doing to this thing. <laughs> it looks like shit. It's nuts. Um, they do a good job too. It, well, the the thing that I was confused about is if there's any time that Obi Wan should be bringing Anakin along, it would be this. Like I don't know why he's not. Anakin would be like, "Let me come." Anakin would be jumping at this opportunity. Yes. Like I don't understand why he's like still like, going at it yeah. alone. And like the last episode that we watched uh shades of reason i was you know when when they when maul overthrew the duchess and all that shit was going on or pre did and all that i was just like get anakin out there yeah. now i wanted to see this is one time where i wanted anakin to roll in and just cut some fucking heads yeah just cut them off yeah just go full 
fucking batshit Anakin crazy. Like, I would have loved it. Um, but yeah, so he apparently just gave it to Obi. I could t- I I can kind of see how the conversation might have gone. <laughs> yeah. It was probably like, oh, yeah, let me come. Let me come in. And Obi-Wan's like, no. <laughs> I'm just... Obi-Wan probably didn't even tell him what he was doing. He's like, I, I need a ship. Yeah. And I goes, well, for like, what? And he's like, I'm going to stew John to say hi to my mom. <laughs> I don't know. You know? But I could see him being like, Anakin, no. I'm doing this alone. Yeah. Because we've seen Obi-Wan do that, too, when it made no sense. Right. With Maul and Savage the first time, uh, when he went to that one planet after getting called out by Maul. And he's, he's like, yeah, we're going. I'm going to go alone. I have to go alone. I'm just and gonna, I'm like, why didn't you send, like, everyone available? The, the only expl- explanation I can come up with is just Anakin is extremely busy. And he's just off-world yeah, all and, the and, time and, at Yeah, this Anakin point. is out fighting somewhere on the front. And yeah. Got a holler from him, like, hey, can I borrow a ship? And he's like, yeah, I got Twilight. It's parked over at Padme's. Don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Padme was using yeah. it. <laughs> Apparently. But anyway, so the thing is just in rough shape. It looks like Anakin might have crashed it recently yeah. or something. Like, it's smoking. He he lands it on Sundari. He is wearing his Racco Hardys Yeah, so outfit. he doesn't have the Jedi robes on. He's a little covert here. He's got the old Racco Hardys on, which is <laughs> fucking great to see that he kept that yeah. gear up. <laughs> I love Obi-Wan, man. He's just like, well, I guess this will come in handy sometime. Yeah. And he just kind of threw it, you know, somewhere. And One thing that I didn't realize until I watched that, like, mini Boba Fett documentary on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Racco Hardy's... Well, it's like a Boba Fett concept art. It's a art. Boba Fett concept art. It's a yeah. good look. It is. It's very Mandalorian, yeah. too. Like, it's it's not Mandalorian, but it, you can see just the, the kind For of... For sure. It lines up. Um, so he gets out of the ship and he's just kind of playing some slapstick like, oh yeah, it's my friend's ship. This thing's a little messed up. And like the ramp kind of falls and Obi-Wan trips and he's just being kind of comedic. He's like, well, do you have a, the Death Watch guard, do you have a parking pass or some shit like that? He's like, oh yeah, it's in the ship. Come with me. The Death Watch guard's like, okay, <laughs> just goes with him. And sure enough, like a few seconds later, Obi-Wan comes out in full Death Watch garb, puts the helmet on and you see up up above watching them like watching him covertly was Bo-Katan and some of the defectors watching and one of the defectors looks like he's about to take him out and she's like no no don't do it because Bo-Katan knows what's up um so Obi-Wan has arrived on Mandalore he hops in a skiff and he heads for the prison our next clip is going to be uh the Duchess Satine in her Magneto prison (laughs) I love the Magneto prison system it is great yeah they're all about the Magneto system there um and she has a visitor who could it be but Obi-Wan Kenobi. Here to do more of your master's bidding? I do my own bidding. Obi-Wan! Are you alone? Yes. The Jedi Council and Galactic Senate will be of no help to us here. Trust you have an escape plan, then. As always, my dear. So a guard sees them, so he kind of shuffles along like he's transporting them. There's no record of a prisoner transfer here. The orders came from upstairs. What's the authorization code? Don't. So Obi-Wan just knocks him up. <laughs> God, I love hearing him say, my dear. Yeah. And all the, the funny Duchess. thing is that guard, I would immediately be like, you're not Death Watch. Why do you have a British accent? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have fancy lads in Death Watch. As evidenced by Bo-Katan, no fancy voice. Yeah. No fancy-mancy voice, you yeah. know? 
But Obi-Wan just, no, yes, no. <laughs> oh, before we move on, there's a couple of things that we forgot about. When he lands the Twilight, the Egyptian lizards are back. <laughs> and we... <laughs> Did we mention that on the we last did. episode? I was like, I hope the lizards are back with the sprite now that Elmex running shit again. All that gets back yes. and immediately and those like, guys come back. If you're watching it, you probably get no reaction from me. Just say, oh, it's those lizard people. When we watched it together, we, we burst into laughter because <laughs> we called it like 20 minutes earlier. I was like, I really hope the fucking bug ship comes back and they're unloading some sprite in the next episode. And they literally <laughs> are doing that. Immediately. <laughs> as soon as Olmec was back in, the whole black market just opened up again and the fucking sprite is back, baby. That superintendent <laughs> is just like, oh, this is so much better. Back in the schools. Back in the schools. Um, the other thing that... I, I, will come into play later but there's a huge checkoff's gun payoff when obi-wan lowers the ramp you see that the pneumatics are like leaking oil like all over the place oh yeah which like i thought was a very comes into play later but a very cool like touch to the animation yeah but the ship is smoking it's falling apart. it's very funny yes. like it looks like shit like, yes. what did anakin but do to specifically this it comes in later like yeah oil leaking down the yes. pneumatic things that lower the ramp yep so um so yeah the duchess and kenobi take off they get out and there's some speeders there they hop on a speeder but they don't get far like death watch is right behind them like i don't know like i you only see the one guard obi-wan knocks him out but like immediately a second later they're there's all over they're him. all over him so they're being pursued by death watch um they head for the twilight they're under heavy fire uh and then they board the ship so you're like oh shit they're getting away yeah um, so they board the Twilight and they begin to take off. They're just under heavy fire from Death Watch. They're just blaster fire everywhere. And it's during this that Maul and Savage arrive in a skiff and just kind of pull yep. up to the scene. And the Twilight is like still in rough shape, so it's taking longer than it normally would to take off. Obi-Wan does hit the the button for the cannons and it like, yeah, he takes eventually them out. works, yeah. but you can tell that it's like the ship is malfunctioning like crazy. Like the thing is in terrible shape. I don't know what Anakin is thinking. I know. Like, what's he doing to this thing? <laughs> just zero upkeep. Yeah, on the thing. It's like a guy that like tries to make modifications to his Toyota, and <laughs> he just fucks it up more. Or than just anything. like people that just aren't car people that will drive yeah. a car for like thirty thousand miles without yeah. getting an oil change. It's like that old like, like pimp that? my ride shit where like they would go to this guy's. I remember one guy on pimp my ride specifically that his car like had gotten welded back together because it was like down the middle had gotten like a big like the axe something it was nuts like the car should not be driven like normally with pimp right they fix the car up they're like we can't fix this car for you because it is too dangerous for you to be driving so they just had to give them a new car it was insane um so yeah um so they take off in the twilight uh the Duchess says, you know, we should contact my sister for help. And that's when Obi-Wan's like, you have, you, a, you sister? have a sister? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So they take off. Um, but as soon as they take off and you think, oh, man, they're actually getting out of here. What the fuck? Where's this episode going? I, my heart was sailing right now. I was like, <laughs> I got more time with her, baby. Uh-uh. Um, they get hit by a rocket. Yeah. Uh, one of the mall signals to one of the Death Watches to use their yeah. rocket pack that's on top of their jet pack. And yeah. Blows it up. Yep. So it hits an engine. They start spiraling out of control. Um, and so Obi-Wan's like, we got to get out of here. We got to abandon ship. So they go down to the ramp, um, and Satine almost falls off and Obi-Wan is holding on to her for dear life. And this is where the checkoff gun pays off because Obi-Wan is, I don't know if you caught this, he's holding on to one of those pneumatic things that sure. lowers the yeah. thing. They animated oil the leaking 
to his hand, and it's when the oil like reaches his hand that they slip that off. He slips off. Oh, I didn't notice that. Cool. It was just such a tiny detail That's cool that I thought was yeah. super cool. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So um, after they fly off, the ship ends up blowing. Like it's a good thing he slipped off because the ship blows up seconds later, um, and they take a huge heavy fall onto the onto this concrete uh, area here in like the supply shipping area. I guess it is yep. dock cargo area. And again, like we've been saying it, but the animation in this action sequence is just awesome. Like the explosions, yeah. the way that everything's configured. It's really, really good stuff. Yep. So I, I was surprised they survived the fall, actually. Like, they hit hard on asphalt. Satine had a bunch of, uh, like, just wreckage fall, like, perfectly over her without killing her. Yeah. So Obi-Wan, you see, he's kind of, like, injured, and he's coming to, and he uses the force to push it off. But as he's gathering himself here, uh, he sees through the smoke Maul and Savage coming up, and he's like, oh, it, it can't be. Yeah. You know? And that's where, like, I had to remind myself that, Oh, yeah, Obi-Wan has no idea that Maul has anything to do with this Yep. until now. And, I mean, chronologically, this started with episode one of the season. Now we're on 16. Mm-hmm. So, because they had that big, you know, they changed it around. But I remember at the end of Eminence, um, it were, you know, he was presumed dead. Like, Han was like, oh, nobody survived that. Obi-Wan's like, I don't know. I cut him in half and he survived yeah. before. Um, <laughs> but even, like, the council, like, if he shows back up, we'll deal with him then. But, uh, you know, it's a personal matter we're not going to even think about anymore. They're, they, like, almost presumed he was dead. Yep. Um, so Obi-Wan's like, oh, fuck. Like, he knew. But coming to Mandalore, he's coming thinking, oh, Death Watch has taken over. Yeah, he's thinking he's going to like, pre Vizsla. He right. doesn't know anything outside of that yet. He only knows what came through on that message from her saying, all mech has been reinstated, been overthrown. Um, so, um, yeah. So, uh, but... He he ignites his lightsaber as soon as he sees Maul and Savage, but he's fucked up right now, and Maul just takes advantage of this and just, like, grabs him with a big force choke and, like, pulls him in and is like, bring him back to the palace, and we're going to deal with this shit. So we have come to this. This is our next clip, and this is where we say goodbye to the Duchess. <laughs> this is dark. It is dark, but it's also very heartwarming, the end of it, where she goes with it um but maul is a real piece of shit <laughs> yes he's a bad he, seed he is a prick but um so we're back at the palace um kenobi and the duchess have been taken into custody kenobi is facing the throne maul is on the throne and right next to him is being held as the duchess and that's gonna be our next clip your noble flaw is a weakness shared by you and your duchess. He starts force choking her. You should have chosen the dark side, Master what? Jedi. Your emotions betray you. Your fear. And yes, your anger. Let your anger deepen your hatred. Don't listen to him, Obi. Quiet. You can kill me, but you will never destroy me. It takes strength to resist the dark side. Only the weak embrace it. It is more powerful than you know. And those who oppose it are more powerful than you'll ever be. I know where you're from. I've been to your village. I know the decision to join the dark <laughs> side was yours. The Night Sisters <laughs> made it for you. Silence! You think you know me? It was I who languished for years thinking of nothing but you. Nothing but this moment. And now, the perfect 
tool for my vengeance is in front of us. I never planned on killing you, but I will make you share my pain, Kenobi. the dark saber and he pulls Satine into it. Right through the stomach. Satine! Obi-Wan runs over to her. Maul sits down with a satisfied look on his yeah. face. Remember, my dear Obi-Wan. I've loved you always. I always will. Do we kill him now, brother? No. Imprison him below. Let him drown in his misery. Take him to his cell to rot. I'm gonna let it play here for a Okay. One of the darkest scenes we've ever gotten. Yeah. They do a very, very good job of a animating Obi-Wan's reaction to it, too. Yes. Like he looks distraught. Yeah. And he doesn't move to where after she dies and he's still cradling her, he kind of like picks her hand up and like places it to his mouth. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Yeah. It's a really well done scene. Yeah. Um, I don't like shout out to Sam Witwer because that's a fucking villain. If I've oh, ever yeah. seen a fucking villain. Yep. Um, yeah. And Anna Graves, just everything, all the voice actors, James Arnold Taylor, yep. everybody in the scene hits a fucking home run. Yeah. It's probably one of the best scenes we've had. Yeah. Like, it's easily the most emotional scene. Yep. I've watched it a couple times, and I'm just like, holy shit, man. It's really, really good. Yeah, and and shout out to the animators, too. Like, just the look on Obi-Wan's face. Yep. But also, before she dies, just the uh, the strength of character that Obi-Wan has. Yeah. And we talked about it earlier. I mean, in, in the face of all this mortal danger, he's like, man, you can kill me. It doesn't fucking matter. You'll never you destroy lose. me. You always, the dark loses it's you know obi-wan knows if he gives into his hatred that's exactly what maul wants yes and he's not gonna give him that satisfaction and an interesting thing when we just talk about like characters and where they've been with these like long developing storylines when we go back all the way to revenge when it was the fucking ventress fight um where her and obi-wan teamed up and it was just fucking amazing you know that funny remember that yep. oh the funny <laughs> She's still out there. Save me. <laughs> Save me, milady. But um, Obi-Wan gets unbalanced in that fight. Yep. Uh, he gets angry. That's like the only time we see him lose his focus. And it costs him that match. Yep. Like, Maul gets the upper hand when Obi-Wan gets unbalanced. Because Obi-Wan just, you know, it like balances everything for a And Jedi. it's when, what causes it is Maul starts mocking Qui-Gon yeah kind of taunting Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon's death yeah so I feel like Maul is using that too like this is yes. how I get to him is but find you, people that yeah. he's close to you look at how Obi-Wan reacted to that and to where he is here yep and he's just 
He's steady. Like, he's distraught once she dies. Like, he, he, he is. He has to know the second that Maul starts choking her that she's already dead. Like, yes. He has to have just made yeah. his peace with it. And he, the words he says, like, you can kill me, he's accepted whatever's going to happen is going to happen here. And he does get distraught and heartbroken when Satine dies. But he never gives in to hate. No. It's okay to be sad. Yeah. But he's not getting angry. And he's not saying, like, give me my fucking lightsaber so I can cut this dude in half again. You know, he's not. This is good character development. Yes. Like, Obi-Wan has grown in the last season. Yep. Which is crazy because you think of Obi-Wan, you're like, oh, yeah, he's like the model Jedi. He's like, you know, this stoic dude who just always kind of thinks things through. But we did have that moment where it was really, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Obi-Wan got pissed. Yeah. You know, and it was just so unlike him. To see where he is now, it's fucking nuts. Like, that's awesome character development, dude. This shit is good. Yep. Like, this is really good storytelling. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the Duchess is gone, though. Very heartbreaking. Um, and Maul, just piece of shit. Like, no, nah, don't kill him. He is very sad. We're going to throw him in the himself. fucking... Let's let's throw him in the Magneto cell. <laughs> let's do exactly what Pre Vizsla did with me. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong. Although, I don't think Maul would be stupid enough to, like, throw him in there with, like, a Kit Fisto. <laughs> right, you know? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> throw him in with that Nautilus Jedi that we caught the other day. You know? No. But, okay. But, all right. Beyond the heart-wrenching scene, let's just talk about the logistics of what Maul's doing here. Someone is going to come for him. Maul must know this, right? I would, I, I would think. Anakin would come for him. Oh, yeah. And it would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love everything that happens in this episode. It's a fucking great episode. But can you imagine a rescue mission with Anakin facing off of Maul? Oh, my God. Like, that would be one of the episodes where I'm like, I kind of like Anakin. Yeah. Yep. Just because for all his faults, like, he his his big fucking fault is just loving people too much. Yeah, and not that that's a bad thing. It's just well, it's what he does with it that's when bad. When Anakin thought Obi Wan was dead, he like almost burned Coruscant to the exactly. ground trying. To it's find, what he does trying to yes. find the kill. And that's the big difference between the two. What Obi Wan does with his grief is completely different than what Anakin does with his grief. Yeah, grief is fine. Burning down villages and killing <laughs> people is not. Um, but I just like I hate Maul so much at this point that I want to see Anakin come in and just fucking like rip him to shreds. Yeah, it would have been so cool. But that did not happen. But I'm just saying like Maul like, oh, you're going to put him down there like, dude, they're going to come for him. They're going to be like, hey, where did Obi-Wan go? Oh, that's right. We did tell him about the Duchess asking for help. I wonder if he could have taken off and done that. Hey, Anakin, can you go to Mandalore and check things out for us? Yeah. Him and Ahsoka just fucking pillage <laughs> the whole fucking place. Just killing everything. Maybe send Plo to, like, calm Ahsoka down. Like, no, don't go in Do there with you know what scene Anakin. we'd get, too? We'd get Anakin just on a mission to find Maul. Yes. And he stumbles across Almec. And yes. Almec tries to be like, oh, no, I'm not telling. And Anakin starts choking Almec. Yes. We would get that scene. That's a big gizzard to choke, too. <laughs> Can you imagine force choking a giraffe? Anakin would have to use two hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's fucking great. Um, I don't know. When I think about Anakin in that way, though, it makes it even more heartbreaking. Yeah. Just his fall and yep. stuff. Because he does love, like, the people. Yeah. Are, he, like, loves them so much yep. that it's a it becomes a hindrance rather than a positive. It's, it's sad, man. Yeah. He's, like, the most tragic fucking character. Um, when it comes to Maul putting him in prison, too, I think it's another, I don't know if they're going for this, but it's another, like, look at 
kind of where vengeance if you if you are solely looking to satisfy your own vengeance it's going to bite you in the ass yeah because looking at it from maul's perspective you can see why maul doesn't just kill obi-wan he wants obi-wan to suffer with the fact that his the love of his life is now dead and it's because of obi-wan's failure so maul doesn't want to put obi-wan out of his misery yes but because he doesn't just kill him it allows Obi-Wan to escape and yes. slip through his fingers and Yeah. And yeah, but you know, it's it's Maul is just like he's so obsessed with evening the score that he was you And know, again, why is he mad? Why the fuck is he mad? He was trying to kill Obi-Wan. Yes. And Obi-Wan got the better of him and cut him in half. It's yeah. not like Obi-Wan hunted him down no. and cut him in half for no fucking reason. You attacked him. Why is he so pissed off? He's just because he failed and he has to project it somewhere. I mean, it's just it's just a projection thing. You know, Obi-Wan's the one that defeated him. So instead of accepting his shortcomings and what happened, he just has to blame him for every (laughs) all of his fucking problems. Maybe you should have just died on Naboo. Yeah. Just gave in. You don't even have a butthole anymore, (laughs) man. How do you pee? Like, you can't have sex. What's the point? Yeah. You don't even have cool fucking spider legs anymore. I just randomly, I had thought of that when he was like talking to Obi-Wan about how like settling the score and all of that. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You were trying to kill him. Yes. He was acting in defense. Yeah. You psycho. It's the hatred of the Sith, man. Yeah. It's just, you know, he's a great example of everything that is wrong with the dark side. Yeah, he spent his entire he miraculously survives this. So he, and then he spends his entire life trying to get vengeance on that one person. He's it's such a meaningless he shit existence. Literally says that's what kept him alive. Yes. Was his hatred and yeah. his desire for vengeance. And like why even live at that point? Yeah. That is such a shit existence. Yeah. Most I mean, he's a great character. But he sucks. Well, and that's what the the quote that Obi-Wan says, that's just, it's the, I think the best quote in Star Wars, you can kill me, but you'll never destroy me. It takes strength to resist the dark side. Only the weak embrace it. Yes. And it's, that's the exact point is Obi-Wan knows, like, what's the point? Like, you can kill me. I'm not going to let vengeance and anger kind of eat away at me for my life. It's, that wouldn't make life worth living. Yes. It's. God, there's so many layers to Maul, the character, to Obi-Wan. Like, this arc, just, and it's, this is like a build of, like, two seasons here now. It's fucking great, man. Um, This is the shit, this is when I was trying to convince you to watch Clone Wars. Well, when I pop it on, and it's like fucking, you know, the first five episodes, you're like, oh, I'm watching Supply Lines. (laughs) And Jar Jar's just wearing his Gungan formals and, like, entertaining, like, Stupid fucking Nemoidians. This like, is the shit I was talking about, though. Yeah, but you, you could just never fathom that from where we've been. And it, the only way that you can translate that to someone is just like, you got to stick with it. Like, I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah. You got to just stick with it. Yeah. So I'm glad we started this podcast to get you there. Oh, <laughs> now we're just surrounded by toys. <laughs> it's great. Everything's fun. Win win. Yeah. Um. So like right we have we're we are just fucking blazing with gas here you know like, like maul just poured a bunch of gas on fire already and you're just like holy shit we're only halfway through the fucking episode 
This episode, we might end up... Dude, we're only halfway through this, and we're already at 51 minutes of the episode portion. <laughs> yep. This might be a three-hour thing. <laughs> let's see. We, we should probably get going here. Um, let's, let's take a quick break there, yeah. because I don't want to lose what we have. So let's save this, and then we'll get back into it. Okay, so Obi-Wan is being taken down just to stew in his misery, and Maul's really going for the mind torture here. Um, and you're just kind of like, Where the, this episode's only halfway done. Where can we go from here? Uh, is Obi-Wan just going to escape? Like, w- what the hell is going to happen here? And then just out of left field, <laughs> <laughs> you hear just the... <laughs> you're like what the fuck's going on here and we're on coruscant so you're like why am i hearing this music right now on coruscant and they cut into palpatine's office and fucking masameda comes in he's like yes sir and palpatine's just looking out the window it's a rainy day on coruscant he's just kind of stewing and he's like masameda's like well what can i do you know he's like ready my ship and you're like what the fuck is going on here (laughs) i was fucking hyped like I just lost the Duchess, and then you see that, and I was like, "Bro, This is the part, I knew that the Duchess's death got spoiled for you. You had no idea this was going to happen, though, did you? I've seen a meme before of, like, animated Palpatine shocking Maul, and I was like, oh, well, that would be a cool little thing when I did not know what was happening this episode. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's fucking Palpatine and he's just feeling something in the force and he's like yeah go get my fucking ship I'm, I gotta go somewhere in Masamata you know? <laughs> so Palpatine is heading to Mandalore fucking awesome dude like what is he gonna do oh it was so cool <laughs> oh it pays off baby <laughs> oh it's a payoff and I like after what I just saw I'm like I hope Palpatine kills him yeah. Was, and that's what I was like. I was rooting for Pelps here. I was like, go fucking get him. <laughs> like, because I had these, you know, I'm, I'm screaming for Anakin in my head. Like, Anakin, go fuck him up. You know, like anybody. But like Palpatine fucking him up. I'm like, oh, this is great. What if Chancellor Palpatine showed up and just went full diplomat yeah. and wanted to, talk, that, to yeah. talk to Almec? Yeah. Next stop, Pottersville. <laughs> um, that's a deep cut. Um, so... Palpatine said it's a really quick scene, but you're just like, oh, shit, man, this is fucking getting crazy. Um, so we get to Obi-Wan. He's back at this prison docking area that we've seen like 50 fucking times, and he's being unloaded and being brought into the prison. And it's right then at that moment that the Death Watch defectors are watching everything and they attack. Uh, Bo-Katan, absolute unit. Like, holy She's shit. fucking incredible. Bo-Katan's crazy. They, so, and one thing I noted, too, the Death Watch people, they call Bo-Katan's people the Rebels, which I thought was yes, they really call them the cool. Rebels. And I was just referring to them the defectors at this point. Yeah, but, but they, yeah, they are call them officially the Rebels. The Rebels. Yeah. It's very cool. Bo-Katan, I mapped out what she does to these Can guys. Can you give us a breakdown? It is so fucking awesome. Do you know the move I'm talking about? The last move she does where I'm just like, that is insane. Oh, yeah. So uh, give us she, give us the breakdown. She jumps down. There's like three or four guys that are walking Obi-Wan in. Uh, she jumps down. She does this heel kick over her head. So she like bends forward and brings her foot like completely around 
and hits the guy on top of the head with her heel and then knees him in the face. She roundhouse kicks the guy into another guy and knocks him over a railing. Uh, And then she looks at this other guy, leg sweeps him, and then she does this like this leg lock where she like puts him in a headlock with her knee. Yeah. Like behind her. Yeah. And then she grabs his wrist, launches his harpoon toe cable into the other guy. Yep. And then she like releases that guy, but pulls out a. She has like a knife in one of her gauntlets. Yeah. And hits his jetpack. It's with like her it. Batman. And then he flies, taking the other guy with him. And they both run into a wall. They, well, they crash into like a and big explode. Times Square TV. <laughs> it's like a big old TV yeah. or something. And then there's this awesome explosion. And it looks like the Rhydonium explosion. Yeah, it does. We're getting a yep. lot. Of, I've noticed a lot of the explosions are using that Rhydonium effect where you get like the colors and it's a very pretty yeah. explosion. But yeah, I mean, they, that the fucking move with, with the tow cable and then fucking mal- making that guy's pack malfunction, they just explode. One of the cooler kills we've ever seen. So sweet. It was so fucking awesome. And um, Obi Wan's like, "Oh, all right." And <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, I'm Bo Katan. I'm here to help you." And you know, she grabs his lightsaber and yeah. cuts his yeah. binders off. Introduces herself, and then she's like, "Can you fly one of these?" They give Obi Wan a jetpack. Yep. <laughs> and so Obi Wan's like, "Oh, I'm a quick learner." <laughs> he fucking <laughs> Obi Wan on a Mandalorian jetpack, dude. This episode fucking rules. They also do a great job the first time Obi Wan takes off. Like he gets the hang of it pretty quick, but they do show him the first time, like kind of like wobbling. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. But he gets it down. Yeah. He'd make a great Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. The fanciest Mandalorian. Um. So it's right after that, like, this is fucking great. And then we get a pumping, pumpkin boy coming in the atmosphere. And you're like, oh, who, oh what's but going on here? It's a deviation from the standard pumpkin boy because the pumpkin boy has the smiley face. This thing's cockpit, it looks like it's got, like, TIE fighter window yes. in it. Yeah, it's got a yeah, it's got a design type Which window. Which made me wonder if this is actually, if you want to think about it as, like, is this Sidious's shuttle? And if that's the case... Is that hinting that Masameda does know at this point? When he's saying, like, prepare my shuttle, is this the shuttle that Masameda prepared? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Do we have any, like, good information on how much Masameda actually knows? We There is some... I know it's covered in some books, but I don't know if it lines up specifically, like, at which point he finds out everything. Yeah. Okay. I mean... When I was doing my canon read through um, Catalyst, the Rogue One novel, you get some Masa made on there, and but you don't really get the impression that he knows that. Okay, I mean he definitely knows about the making of the weapon, <laughs> um, but I, you know, you don't get any information as to if he actually knows Palpatine's a Sith Lord. Okay, I mean Masa Meda, from what I can tell of what I know him, he's a fucking sycophant. Yeah, um, he just kind of leeches off of power. From what I've read, Masa Meda didn't think that Palpatine was powerful, like Chancellor Palpatine. So Masa Meda always kind of like stuck around, like sucked up to him, made himself made himself useful, thinking there's going to be a time where I can do a power play and maybe take yeah. over. And Palpatine from the start knew that that's what Masa Meda was doing, so he played into it. And like play yeah. kind of dumb around him to make him think that he could eventually do that, but then at some point, I think he reveals himself. Well, in the Plagueis novel, you really learn like Palpatine, the politician, is an extremely cunning politician, um, and that was kind of he go to mosque, aka Plagueis. Yep. His kind of thing was like, I'll be behind the scenes, 
and he's going to be like the front facing politician guy. I'm very good with business and this sort of thing. We're just going to like rule the galaxy together. It's going to be a two prong attack, basically. But it's really implied that Pelps is like the greatest politician yeah. of all time. Um, so it's right after this scene that Obi-Wan escapes, uh, jetpack and bail that a ship arrives on Mandalore docking, and it's the Pumpkin Boy. The angry Pumpkin Boy, we'll call it. Um, and Pum- Pumpkin tie. Pumpkin tie. Um, docking ramp comes down and out walks Pelps in full Sidious garb. He's got the hood up. You can't see his face, really. And two guards come up to greet him, and he just doesn't even fuck around. They just start choking. And it's cool because he's not even focusing on it. He, he just, just walks right hand, past him. He does yeah. one hand kind of up and then walks yep. right between yep. them. Just gets on a skiff and just heads out. And then you see them behind just choking and they fall to the ground and die. He's using zero effort. Zero effort. Kids show too. They just die. <laughs> like, Pelps is super OP. Like, he's the most powerful fucking being in the galaxy. Oh, he's the real deal. Oh, <laughs> he gets by. He digs. But he they tests. dig. They, they okay. test. And we have seen Sidious in the show before. Because yeah. he, he was in the last oh, yeah. He was in the last one with uh, uh, the Twilight with the kids. He was actually in that. They, they yes. had him robed and stuff it was in that. On Mustafar is where he yeah. was bringing the yep. kids. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen Palps yeah. be Sidious mode. Um, but he's in full Sidious mode right now. And I'm, almost, I'm also kind of curious. He must, Maul must know who Sidious is. He must know. I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, he knows. Because he I alludes mean, to it when Sidious, he talks about, he says, like, my I mean, I, master yeah. is the most powerful being. and Yeah, and sorry to go back to, like, the Plagueis novel so much, but, like, it's not canon. But on there, as we know, like, these canon ideas borrow heavily from Legends. So I mean, he's training him on Coruscant. Like, he's got a spot where he keeps Maul and, like, yeah. trains him all the time and shit. And I just got to assume that Pelps has sold him on the idea of, like, being his apprentice. Like, hey, I'm really powerful, this and that. You know? Yeah. So... I, I would assume. That's what I would assume, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he's arrived on Mandalore, and he's heading off to the palace. Uh, we get to uh, the Death Watch defectors versus the Death Watch. Um, there's a chase, another chase through Sundari here. Um, they end up getting to this, like, large blast door area in, in a tunnel, and there's these large blast doors that are cutting it off, so they're having just, like, this firefight in this tunnel system. Um, and eventually, the, the large blast doors get opened up, and it's... <laughs> the, the... <laughs> When they're having their first, like, little firefight with the two smaller groups, the Mandalorians, the rebel Mandalorians, yeah. they ignite, like, they have gauntlet shields. Oh, yeah, yeah, But I cool. looked, and they ignite it, and it's only, like, it's only, like, maybe a foot in it's diameter. It's like a wrist. It's, it's like, like a, a wrist. tiny shield. Look behind you at my Bo-Katan Funko Pop. Look oh, what yeah. you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got a little Mandalorian, like, hollow shield. But I wrote down, mini shields ain't blocking shit. No. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, mean, I can figure tiny. if you're like a Jedi or something, you could definitely like do something yeah. with them. But um, but I just thought like if you're going to do that, yeah, like, maybe increase the diameter. A yeah, little bit. you would think you would want like at least cover up a couple feet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got a little very little room for error here. Yeah, I guess you could protect your heart. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a pot co- cover that you would like cover your water. As yeah. You're boiling spaghetti. Now, I would think it would just be wise to make your entire set of armor that thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you're just this invincible shielded person. It's like that you know, old hacky bit. Like, why don't they yeah. make the why don't they build the plane out yeah. of the black box? A couple of the rebels get taken out, which is fucking great. Yeah. But then, like, right after that, one of the other rebels is like, well, fuck that. I'm going to shoot my rocket. 
and it does the sweetest yes. thing. Yes. So the cool thing about the rockets is, as we know, the rockets are on their back. It's on their backpack. So this, this fucking uh, uh, Death Watch defector slash rebel, whatever you want to call it, he just like lay, he like fucking leans over and just shoots but one. Typically, the rocket will like hit a wall or like in Obi-Wan's case, hit the ship and explode yeah. and take out a large group of people. No. This one hits one guy. One that guy. Was flying in. Yeah. And it makes like a bing sound and it just yeah. shoots him off. So it's right after that, though, that the blast doors get opened up. Was it Obi-Wan that opened them? Yeah. Yeah. And we get this crazy view of what's going on it's, on Mandalore. It's one of the best scenes we've seen yeah. in Clone like, Wars. You kind of think it's just like this little battle going here, but no. Like, the place is erupted into a full-blown war. Yeah. Like, the two Death Watch sides are fighting with each other. There's explosions ever. There's fires. Like, the place is in absolute it chaos. It is pandemonium. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think back to, like, Force Unleashed, and I believe there's a scene on Coruscant where there's, like, pandemonium that you come out to. I think... I, I don't know. This just... I, I, it's been a while since I played that game, but I feel like I've seen something similar to this before. Just the imagery, though. I mean, just the shot of Obi-Wan standing with his lightsaber yeah. ignited, like looking at the devastation. Literal chaos. Like, incredible. And I have seen that screenshot before, and I thought it was from, like, Fallen Order or something. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. But no, it's from a cartoon in 2013. <laughs> and it is insanely impressive fucking visuals going on here and fucking um right after that uh Bo-Katan runs up to Kenobi and she's like looks around she's like holy shit she's like Malmus really want you dead and he's like you have no idea <laughs> so I don't know, it's it's great that Kenobi still has his little wit with them here yep. after everything that has just transpired he's still Obi-Wan yep and it just goes to show like how strong of a character he is yep he's fucking brilliant I, he's so good and now Bo-Katan's growing on me, too. Oh, yeah. well, and he's Which is crazy because she's partially to blame for this mess. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Like, she helped pre-Vizsla, and none of this would have happened without pre-dumbass Vizsla. Yep. All of this goes back to him and the Death Watch. I forgot, I, I forgot last episode, I meant to give uh, Dark Horse Hero to nationalism because <laughs> it's the one thing that, like, saved Bo-Katan was her being, like... I'll be damned if no if someone rules Mandalore who isn't a Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean she's she's starting to redeem herself here. Good stuff. But in Obi-Wan like here too, like he still has a sense of humor. It just it demonstrates like you can feel all sorts of crazy emotions. Yes. You can like feel them, acknowledge them, but then let them go and yeah. have it not completely envelop you. Yes. Obi-Wan has mastered the art of balance. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great balance. Um, so we get to the palace and with all the chaos occurring outside, it's pretty calm in the palace and Maul and Maul and like what do you think Maul and Savage do all day? <laughs> it's literally they're in this giant in the giant throne room. It's dark in there. They don't have any lights on. It's just like this. Over, it's just this, you know, you just got the night light coming in from the moon. And it's just, you know, it's just this darkish room. They're just sitting and stewing. Sitting and stewing. Maul sits in the fucking throne and Savage just stands there and breathes on him, I guess. I think they'd have like a cribbage board or yeah, something. Yeah, like, are you doing anything? Just to pass the time. Like, what do you do? Do you talk to each other? Like, what do those two even talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's funny though. They're just like sitting there and they have two guards all the way down at the other end of this giant room. 
And Maul all of a sudden is just like, oh, I feel something. And that's going to be our next clip. I sense a presence. A presence I haven't felt since. Master. All of a sudden, Darth start choking. I am most impressed to see you have survived your injuries. I used your training, Master, and I have built all this in hopes of returning to your side. Hmm. So he looks up at Savage. How unfortunate yeah. that you are attempting to deceive me. Master? You have become a rival! I love that. They ignite their sabers. Cuts over to Sidious. Drops two sabers out and ignites them. We're gonna have a fight. Now, I love that. I'm going to play that one part again because the fucking voice acting. Big shout out. This is the last episode that Ian Abercrombie recorded. Yes. Big shout out to Ian Abercrombie, Mr. Pitt, next stop Pottersville. Fucking Seinfeld connection. Let's just when he says rival, uh, you could have you could have convinced me it was Ian McDermott. Let's listen to it again. Come a rival. God, that's good. God, that's good. All right. So this is fucking sweet. Yeah. So we're getting a fucking Sith battle. And you know, silver lining. It's got to be flattering that the Dark Lord of the Sith considers you a rival at yeah. this point. Well, you know, it's the rule of two. He's graduated, yeah. though. Maul is graduated. Yeah. Got to go back. You know, you go back to Darth Bane, it's the rule of two. Yeah. Seems kind of inefficient. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're never... I, it, well, I mean, I guess in the end, I mean, it worked. They took out, like, all the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, it's just kind of crazy to think about, like, the rule of two. You yep. know? Like, we got two. Um, But, yeah, so since there's two Sith quote-unquote, they are rivals to Palpatine and Dooku, and so they must be dealt with. And what proceeds is one of the greatest lightsaber fights I think we've seen so far. This is the best lightsaber fight yeah. we've seen in any Star Wars medium. The thing that's awesome is his moves in Revenge of the Sith like do no justice to no. this performance, but... yeah. You can see how the style of it, the style like of the animators took the style and like just expounded on it. Yes. He does a move when he first jumps into it where he ignites both of his sabers and he spins, but he drags his sabers on, on the, the ground. ground. It it's so the cool. Coolest thing. The way he fights is fucking sweet. But yeah, they're definitely expounding on the Revenge of the Sith battle that we see. Yes. And he's got these little, you know, you see him in the Revenge of the Sith. He's got these little mannerisms when he like gets an upper hand. He's like, hey, you yeah. know, and he like he gets like, yeah, you know, yeah. and he gets. It's the fuck. I swear, like, all due respect to Phantom Menace, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul. This is my favorite lightsaber fight. It's so great. It is fucking so good. Yeah, it is awesome. It is really cool. Um, so they fight for a couple seconds there, and we get to. Um, the chaotic battle that's occurring out in Sundari. Um, and we see Death Watch versus the Defectors. Just shit's going crazy. Um, and there's a ship that arrives uh, as they kind of fall back. And that ship is for Obi-Wan, I guess. They're going to get Obi-Wan out of there. 
Um, and our next clip is going to be Bo-Katan and Obi-Wan talking as he bails. So let's take a listen. Go back to your Republic and tell them what has happened. That would likely lead to a Republic invasion of Mandalore. Yes, and Maul will die. But Mandalore will survive. We always survive. Now go. You're Satine's sister, aren't you? I'm so sorry. Obi-Wan, you know, shout out to Revenge of the Sith there. I'm so sorry, as he says to Padme. Yep. And the thing for me that this does for me when I listen to that is Obi-Wan's apologizing to Bo-Katan. He's like, I'm so sorry of what happened. Just like he does for Padme. It's like, dude, you're hurting too, man. Well, I also think that to some point, Obi-Wan blames himself for this yeah. happening. So he's sure. also apologizing that makes sense. for failing to yeah. save Satine. But I also think there is like a thing with Obi-Wan where he feels like a failure. Yeah. And I think when he apologizes like this, it's him putting up a little bit of a front. He's carrying the weight of everything yes. on top of him. Yes. And you see that in the Kenobi book, like when he kind of breaks down, like I should have done more. And it's like, dude, you did everything you could for that yeah. kid. You've done, you didn't bring this on yourself. You went behind enemy lines to try to rescue her. Like, you couldn't have done anything more. Mm -hmm. And he feels like a failure. And, like, there's a real, like, grief there with Obi-Wan. Yep. Um, that he doesn't tackle at all times. Like, he doesn't want to, you know, you can see he's trying to hold it in right now. So, sad, man. Obi-Wan's a heartbreaking character. Like, he is. My thought, like, I've always loved Obi-Wan, but between finishing Kenobi and finishing this arc, like, I see him in a completely different light, and I, it makes me just love him even more. Well, and I like, love him. We talked he's about, so good. We talked about it a little bit earlier, too, but, like, the fact that he's been through all of this heartbreak, all of this tragedy, but still, even in the end, like, Alec Guinness's character, like, has a sense of humor. Like, he keeps a sense of humor, and he quips, and he's charming yes. throughout all of it. Yeah. And honestly, like when you go back and you look at Al Guinness's character in A New Hope, when Luke asks him about his dad, what happened to my dad? I, I don't blame him for what he told him. Like, no, he, this just solidifies it even more for yeah. me. All this stuff like he didn't need to know that. Yeah. Obi-Wan is the one that has decided to shoulder everything, the yeah. weight of everything. Like Yoda goes off to Dagobah. Like Obi-Wan has shouldered all of this, the entire fall of the order, Obi-Wan takes in and he carries the one spark of hope. Yep. He is the protector of that one little shred of hope for the Jedi Order. All by himself. Yep. And he carries the whole weight of everything. It's insane. Like the man is the hero of the entire series. Yeah. He's a fucking king. Yep. Him and R2. <laughs> Him and R2. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's just like, I don't remember a joy because he just blocked it out. He's like, I'm fucking miserable. It's too painful. It's too painful. There's certain aspects like, oh, remember that little astromech that Anakin used to have? He just blocked everything out. It's just gone. R2's probably, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I still don't get that line. Wipe the protocol droids. Man. Why wouldn't you wipe R2s? Yeah. I don't get that line. I don't either. That would have at least cleared up. That would have at least cleared stuff up on one end of things. It's a little convenient. Yeah. Oh, man. But so, we, get, we get the Satine sister reveal, and you knew this ahead of time. Yeah. But if you hadn't known it ahead of time, what do you... No, I would have just assumed that, like, 
they were friends in the past that, based on the lines from earlier in the episode, yeah. it's it's insane to me that this is only 20 minutes long. I know. It feels like it's five minutes, but the amount of shit that they pack in there, the it could be like a movie. The way that it's paced, when we f- watched this episode together the other day, it ended and I, I looked at you and I said, it feels like that was 10 minutes long. Yes. But the amount of information when you're discussing it. Yeah. It's like a movie's it, worth. It takes a lot. It takes a while to unpack. Yeah. But based on that conversation, I've been like, oh, they must have been friends in the past that didn't see eye to eye with how she was ruling. That sort of thing. Yeah. I, I didn't think sister, especially, I mean, they, you know, she, they, one has red hair. They, yeah, they yeah, yeah. sound completely different. Yep. Like, I didn't think, you know, siblings, but siblings they are. Um, so it's after this that Obi-Wan's getting out of there. He's going back uh, to the Republic and he's going to tell them what happened there. Um, now, there is some interesting stuff in. I God, God, I wish I read that short story because uh, I just kind of like breezed through it. And at the end, it's when he gets back to Coruscant and he talks with Anakin. And he's like, Yeah, Anakin's like, You want me to go with you? He's like, Sure. Come to the council with me. Like, Anakin's like got experience with that. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, I did some fucked up shit. You know, like, um, so I don't know. I just saw that. I, I was just paging to see how long the story was. And at the end, I saw that like line. I was like, oh, God, man, that's yeah. fucking gold. So I got to read that soon. Um, I'll read that before the next episode. We can talk about it. A little reading rainbow corner. Bring it back two episodes in a row. That's a fucking record lately. So uh, but it's after this that the episode now turns its focus completely to Maul and Savage Press versus Palpatine. Sidious. Um, so I don't know. The, the the fight is really good. We've talked about it before. I say it every time there's a good fight. I can't do it justice by describing a fight. Yeah, to you. you really have to watch it. The, watch the fight. Some highlights, though, like in this part, there it looks like Maul is kind of keeping Sidious on the defensive. He's backed him out onto some kind of balcony. Yeah. And then... Uh, now, I've said this. They fight out into like a palace courtyard area, like the balcony, well, and then on. they go down. But is the, that the same place where the pre speeches were happening? I think so i think i'm so. not sure but they uh so they're on a balcony and sidious kind of pushes ball away but then savage comes charging down the corridor and kind of butts sidious off of the balcony but as sidious is falling he like turns around smiles and like force pulls yes. ball and savage along with him yes it's and then he just so yeah. cool and he falls like daintily and he just lands yep. like he's so powerful it's insane um, but yeah, I think this is the same area where they had those crazy fascist rallies in the last episode in Shades of Reason. It does have the giant mural, too. Yes, let's talk about the mural. The mural is fucking awesome. So the mural in this courtyard where they're down and fighting after escape after leaving the palace, it appears to be to me. It's a Picasso style like painting, like the Duchess one that we got in the throne room and all that. And it appears to me. That it's like a a rent it's like a rendering of the old Jedi Mandalore Wars. Yes, because oh. you see some lightsabers, but you also see some people in like Mandalore armor. It's really cool looking. There's um, so it's based off of a a lot of the Mandalorian artwork is based off of Pablo Picasso paintings. Yeah, the one that this specific one is based on, it's called the Massacre in Korea. And it's an incredible painting. I Anyone that doesn't know what it looks like, Google it. This is what it looks like. It looks strikingly similar. Okay, yeah, I see that. To the Mandalorian. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, but a lot of the artwork in Mandalore is based on 
different works, yeah. cubist works by P- Picasso and other modern artists. Yeah. It's very cool, though, that like they show this, you know, because the history between the Mandalorians and the Jedi is very sordid. It, yeah, there's. And the Jedi yeah. weren't always the good guys when it comes to that. The reason no. why they're living in domes is mm-hmm. because the Jedi basically turned the surface of the planet to glass. Yes. Because they were trying to destroy. Well, one, you know, and then we're getting back into the Legends versus Canon, but when we're talking Old Republic era, we're talking Revan. And Revan and Malak, when they were Jedi, brought the fight to Mandalore. Like, they took a bunch of Jedi with them, disobeying the Council. And brought a war to the Mandalorians and beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Like, they brought... And that's when Malak and Revan went off on their little journey after going to war with the Mandalorians and ended up going full dark. And then Revan was redeemed. But, like, they, the, the history between the Mandalorians and the Jedi is vast and dark. Um, so it's really cool that they have that there all these years later. And when Obi-Wan first visits Mandalore in that first episode, you get the sense like, oh, a Jedi and Mandalore, you know, like that's, that's un, you know, it's it's something that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And it makes the whole Satine Obi-Wan thing, like, it's like a Romeo and Juliet almost. It's like two star-crossed lovers that should yeah. have never really met, you know, but they happened upon each other and, you know, they've been from families that don't get along very well. And, um... It's cool. Like, there's so much stuff to this story here. Yeah. It's awesome. And it borrows from so many different fucking sources. And it's just so cool and unique. Isn't I love cr- this story. Isn't it crazy that we only get four episodes of this? In the- yeah. we. Yeah. <laughs> this could have been multiple seasons. Yeah. Now, I did say about me, Bar Gascon, um, <laughs> I tweeted... He's the kind. He's like the Star Wars character that would show up at like a school board meeting and say yell about how he doesn't want his second grader being taught critical race theory. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Mo because Mo like wrote like I don't want. I I have to read it. I have to, <laughs> this tweet just made me laugh because when you think about it from the perspective of Mibar Gascon saying it, it's just it fucking lines up so much. This episode's already super long. Anyways, let's have some fun with it. Oh, man. We're okay. We got to find it here. Okay. I found it. Okay. So I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted, Star Wars character most likely to go to a school board meeting and yell about how they don't want their second grader being taught critical race theory. And I got a picture of Gascon there, like saluting. <laughs> and Mo, <laughs> Mo, who reached out to us for episode 100, uh, Mo goes, I don't want none of that crap being taught to my kid. You hear me? Bunch of morons. <laughs> what he'd say yes it is he would get on the mic at the school board meeting and yell that but yeah it's insane that we fucking had four episodes of that and we have four episodes of this yeah pretty nuts it's fucking bonkers man it's fucking insane you could have done a whole season of this yeah and you probably wouldn't have been stretching yourself then yep getting back getting back to the fight uh the other big kind of highlight that happens is uh as they're fighting in the courtyard Sidious does get the better of Maul and big force push pushes him away so it leaves Savage and Sidious alone yeah and Savage is no match Sidious is barely trying yes so yeah he does a big force push and he knocks Maul into the wall and Maul is just kind of incapacitated kind of just got the got the wind knocked out of him he's got you know he's got the uh, the little birdies flying around his head. You know, he's dazed. He's not ready to fight. So then it's down to Savage and Pelps. And there's a little back and forth, but really Pelps is kind of just toying with him. And then eventually he does this really fucking sweet move where he 
what does he does he kick him or how does he he kind of stuns him and then he yeah. like turns around and does like a backstab with both of his lightsabers yeah and the whole time he's just doing so many moves where he's like yeah blocking from behind with both sabers and he's bending like a yeah. gymnastics person yes and he also does this thing where he keeps his sabers low and he just kind of dodges. Yeah. It's very like we talk we've we've fucking waxed on and on about how much we love Dooku's fighting style. Yep. How he's got like the regal hand behind his back and he just kind of dodges. Sometimes he doesn't even deflect. He just finds it easier to just dodge around. He's yep. just fancy. Like they're both very fancy fighters and Sidious is very similar in that way. Yeah. And it's he's just he's exhausting Savage. Yes. He's just just pummeling yeah. him and so you could tell savage is getting tired yes and then eventually he like kicks savage stuns him a bit turns around and stabs him yeah. with both sabers he does like a 180 turn and then just stabs him from behind and laughs yep and it's at this point that maul was starting to come to at this point so maul sees it happen um so he stabs savage and maul's like brother you know and and then what he does after <laughs> After Maul sees him stab Savage through the chest with both his sabers, he just force throws him like a hundred yards yeah. into a, like a lower courtyard, which is fucking insane. It's insane, man. Like yep. just chucks him and he lets he lets Maul just run by him to go like check in on his brother. And he just kind of stands there and watches. It's fuck. He's so fucking menacing. It's yeah. awesome. Um, So. Yeah, Savage is defeated, and you know the magics are leaking out of him. The green, <laughs> the green gas. Oh man, he stinks. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's ma- it's 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 all leaving him, and he says, "Brother, I am an unworthy apprentice. I am not like you. I never was." And I found this to be an interesting line because at, once the magic leaves his body, he dies. But once the magic completely leaves his body, you look at his remains. He's the guy. Before all the magic. Yes. Like the body. He's shrinks. Yeah. He's once again like clapper size. You know, he's standard uh, Zabrak size, Dothramir Zabrak size. And he looks like he looked before all this craziness. And like his line to me there is, I'm not like you. I never was. Like when we first met Savage Press, like he stood up for his little friend. What was his brother's? I can't remember. Yeah. But like he stood up for him and, um, you know, he, he protected him. And you could tell like. He wasn't necessarily an evil person. Like, he didn't strike you as an evil guy. And, like, the way that I interpret it is it took a shitload of dark magic to turn him into this monster. Yeah. And with Maul, no magic necessary. No. He's already already a monster. And so, but the interesting to me is, like, as he's dying and the magic's leaving him, like, I think he kind of woke up to, like, the haze that he was in. Yeah. And he dies as he started. Like, he was back to being a normal Dothramir Zabrak who never wanted any of this. No. You know? Um, so it was cool. I thought it was an interesting line, and it was a fitting end for him. Yep. Like, in a way, it's not redemption for him. No. But in a way, at least, like, he died with, like, a clear mind. Yeah. Like, whatever just fucking happened was really not my choice, and it's not what I wanted. Yeah. You know? And I didn't want to be like you. And I like that. Like, and that's a line. We talk about Maul, how he's trying to just, like, uh, just, you know, grab Kenobi and just, like, ooze every inch of misery out of him before he kills him. Um, I kind of like that Maul got left with that line from a press, like, I'm not like you. I never was. Yep. Like, fucking sit with that one, buddy. Yeah. You know, sit and think about that. Because you could tell he cares about him. Like, after Palpatine stabs him and then throws him, he runs straight to him, like, to go help him. Yep. 
So it's interesting. Like, Maul's, like, torment is only... All of this shit he's pulling, it's only going to make it worse. Yep. So it's cool stuff. Um, so after Savage passes away, that's when Palpatine jumps back in and starts talking to Maul. And he says, there can only be two, and you are no longer my apprentice. You have been replaced. And it's at this point that a rage comes over Maul, and he busts out the Darksaber. So he's dual-wielding. Palpatine is dual-wielding. And we get a fucking awesome fight right in front of the Jedi Mandalore wall mural, yep. which is really cool. Also, why, like, I was confused. Why doesn't, why didn't Maul, why did it take him so long to pull out the Darksaber? I don't know. Like, why wasn't he using that from the start? Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, as we know with him, like, he was originally a dual, you know, a double-bladed saber. Uh, so, like, I don't know if it, there's, like, different techniques. Like, we'd yeah. have to look into the techniques more because there are benefits to dual wielding, but there's also downfalls. Like, defensively, it's not as good, apparently. Yeah. Like, um... Obi-Wan, not much of a dual wielder, typically more of a defensive fighter. So I think there's some like offensive benefits to it. But from what I understand, dual wielding actually brings down your defense, if that makes sense. I, we'd have to look. Okay. There's like seven different styles. We should look into yeah. that sometime. I'm just kind of curious like what the benefits of dual wielding are and what aren't. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, he did not have that out. I just thought it was really cool, though, when he does bust it out and you have that mural right behind it. And that's the one saber that a Mandalorian Jedi had. Yes. Like, that's the saber that's been handed down through generations. It was a Mandalorian Jedi. So it's, I thought it was a pretty cool uh, scene and just, you know, um, it's awesome. Like, it's, there's so much of this episode. It's so fucking cool. Um, but so they go back and forth. But ultimately, Maul gets disarmed, defeated, and he's on the ground. And he begins to beg. It's just, dude, this character from where we gone in this episode where he thought he had it all and he had Kenobi right where he wanted him. And now he's on the floor begging for his life that's the thing that i noted is he went from being like on top of the world yep. he had his rival imprisoned he just killed the person that he loved most in the world yep. like he went from that riding that high to begging for mercy within hours yeah probably hours yep. literally because i mean kenobi was as soon as kenobi left there right after satine died he was freed from bokatan they had the fight. This could be like an hour. Yeah. Like literally like an hour. Yep. Maybe even less. Um, my, and my question too, like he's, <laughs> Precom Vizsla went out stronger than Maul is like currently yes. going out. Yes. And, and they, it's crazy. I, I wondered like in Maul's head, what did he think was going to happen as he's begging for mercy? Yeah. Like there's no possible way that Sidious would grant him mercy. Yeah. Like I don't understand why even bother at that point. Like you know the guy. Yeah. Like, he, why would he, he, like, why? But it's it's just, it adds to Maul, the character. He's such, like, a all-over-the-place character. Yeah. It's very interesting to, like, think about, like, who the fuck is Darth just, Maul, really? It's a reminder that he is still unhinged. He's from, unhinged? From, like, the time he spent on that garbage planet talking to that snake. Yes. And on top of that, when we talk about the line Obi-Wan had, where he's like, you know, I know this wasn't your choice. The Night Sisters gave you away. Yeah, yeah. Like this, it wasn't your choice to become this. And I think there's still like a kid in there that's just like scared, you know. And that's this kid coming out here. It's just scared, you know. It's gonna be our last clip. Have mercy, please, please. There is no mercy. Do not worry. I'm not going to 
kill you. I have other uses for you. <laughs> All right, so he ends the episode by saying, I have other uses for you, shocking him some more with Force Lightning. So he's going to do something with Maul. Um, but, man, Maul went from a highest of highs of everything he's wanted to literally hitting rock bottom within an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's much like Mandalore's fallen to complete fascism. Like, yeah. they were just like this peaceful, neutral planet, and then within an hour, <laughs> they're fucking fascists. Yeah. Like, it's, there's a lot of shit that's happening at breakneck speeds here. Uh, so that's the episode. Wow, what an episode. Okay, what do we got for an IMDb rating on The Lawless? IMDb is giving The Lawless a 9.5. 9.5. Okay. Oh, man. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, And for an episode where I or, lost... Excuse me, excuse me. Not 9.5. 9.7. Jesus. Okay. Um, Pretty close to perfect. Yeah. Uh, now, I did lose The Duchess, which is very sad. Um, but it wasn't in vain. Like this, if there was an episode where I was going to lose a beloved character, especially the Duchess, um, I wanted to mean something, and it meant a lot for this show and um, for our show too. Like there was so much character development here, and it was just it added so much to Obi Wan, my favorite character. I. It's, the action, the animation is brilliant. The chaos of, like, the civil war that has broken out on Mandalore is incredible. The fucking Palpatine fight with Maul and Savage might be the best lightsaber battle in all of Star Wars. Yeah. The fucking, just the little thing he does where he puts the two sabers on the ground as he turns and the sparks come up. It's fucking magical, man. Yeah. Um, You get Corky. It, it feels like Corky. It's been... <laughs> I it feels like completely it's completely yeah, It feels like it was two years ago when we saw him on screen, but it was twenty minutes. Yeah. Like the episode flies by when you're watching it, but there's so much to it that it could have been two hours long for all you yeah. know. You are thoroughly entertained from start to finish. There is no lull. There's no cringe. It's just all great. The voice acting, the animation, the storytelling, the character development, everything about it is perfect. I I'm giving it a 10. Yeah! We have a perfect episode. It is the best episode we've seen so far. It's incredible. It's a masterpiece. It really is. It's I, I have to give it a 10. I've been holding off on the 10. I know on like Arc Troopers and a few other ones, I was like, the Revenge. I was like, well, I'm going to give it a 9.5 because maybe something will top it. And I think I think this somehow magically topped those episodes. Yeah. It's incredible. It's my favorite episode by far. It is a perfect episode. It's the best arc yep. by far. Just because, I, even like, we've had better episodes leading to the penultimate episode, but like, I just this just puts the whole thing over the top. And this is the, is, yeah, because we didn't see any Jedi last episode. This there was, was no Jedi for two we episodes. only saw yeah. Jedi in the last episode. Yes. It's crazy, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> you don't see Anakin once. <laughs> don't see Anakin once, no R2, no Ahsoka. No, and so like... Ahsoka and R2, which are usually crutches of bad episodes, yep. um, aren't even needed at all. You don't need them at all. Like I, I can imagine they would have added a lot to it, but man, I mean, this this is just a fucking home run. 10 out of 10. What do you got? I went 9.5. Oh. Same thing. After talking about it with you, though, I'm, I, 
I'm very close to bumping it up to a 10. But This I'll, is the most we've gotten out of an episode. It is a perfect episode. It really is. You've ta- I'm going 10. Yes! Give it 10. Let's, it give it, really let's give it. Let's give it this. Now it's Yes! It is paced better than any episode we've seen. Yeah. Like, there's not a moment where... It doesn't give you any time to think because you're so enraptured with what is happening in front of you. It's nuts. It's really good. It's really good. Yep. Who... It's... It's once again, I've said this before, but it's crazy to think that like four episodes ago, like <laughs> Mebar, Gascon, and Whack were arguing with each other and you moron. Yeah, moron. It's dude, this show is fucking insane. It's all over the place. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. All right, so a couple of tens. We've done it. The we perfection. Did it. We did it. But Niles. But Niles. Oh, I guess we should do the standard segments. Always look on the light side of life. All right, light side moment of the episode. Um, I don't know. There was a bunch of moments where I got some fist pumps out of it. Uh, I'm going to go with the surprise of just cutting the Coruscant right after the horribly sad Duchess scene. Yep. And just seeing Palpatine like, get my ship. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> That was I I was not expecting that in that moment and it was fucking awesome. I knew that him and Maul would come face to face again, but I did not expect that. It really all. came out of left field. It was fucking awesome. Yep. And the way the music is and this like what Coruscant's all rainy and dark and he's just stewing out of his big window. Fucking cool, dude. I it, it was awesome. That was an awesome scene. What's yours? I had to go with that lightsaber fight. Okay. It's, it's yeah. maybe the best lightsaber fight in Star Wars. Yeah. And just the way that they just they took what he did in Revenge of the Sith and just used it and dialed it up. They yeah. were like faithful to that character and what that kind of coordination uh did. It, it's just it, it's incredible. Like the little little details that you see Palpatine doing in the fight mixed up with just yeah. like how it's choreographed, it's incredible. This is awesome. Yep. This is a really good fight. Unreal. All right. If you only knew the power of the All right. Dark side moment of the episode. I mean, um, I'm going to go with Maul and his little just like speech to uh, Obi-Wan right before he kills the Duchess. And the fact that he's just like force choking her and the the animation of her like struggling. It's really dark shit. Um, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. So that is going to be my dark side moment of the episode. Just the downfall of the Duchess. Like, um, I don't know, just a pure character. Like someone that um, altruistic, uh, very caring of others, cares more about others than themselves, and just unceremoniously killed by a total piece of shit. Yep. Very sad stuff, and just kind of being tortured up to being stabbed, too. Just the choking, and it's dark. Yeah. It was dark. That's yep. my dark side. What's yours? Uh, obviously, the death of the Duchess yeah. is, is the obvious choice, but I'm going to go with thinking about just the way that Obi-Wan apologized to Bo. Oh, yeah. And I know that it's coming from a place of he knows he failed, and he's blaming himself for that yeah. failure. He's apologizing to her for not doing more to protect Satine. Yeah. So the fact that 
he's carrying around all of that guilt. Yeah. Is just so sad. Yeah. Boy, you're going to carry that weight. Yep. Carry that weight a long time. Yep. The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but what also, if, yeah. like, the anim... Oh, God. The animation of him after Satine dies, too, is just so sad. Yeah. Thank you. She's, man. Oh. It's a good one. <laughs> It had your highs, it had your lows. Oh, and you were entertained the whole time. The lawless! Watchouts! <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you, Rex. Oh, yeah. You gotta get it up. Cheese! Button! That's the best one I've done in a while. Okay. Cheap butter bread. Dark horse hero of the episode. Um, I'm going to go with Corky Kenobi. Um, just because it, it seems so long that we even saw him. I forgot he was even in it for a I minute. I know. Because we fucking talked for fucking like close to three hours here since we've even mentioned him. Yep. But just fucking icing that guy in the back. And just then he's like. Literally a second after shooting a man in cold blood in the back, he says, I wouldn't betray you, auntie. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I am convinced, based on the earlier conversation we had, fleshing that out, I think it's Obi-Wan's son. And I think that's what Filoni believes and wants to go with. And maybe it was just like George was like, no, let's not do it. Yeah. You can hint at it, but I don't want to do that full on. Maybe that was, maybe at one point they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a little, you know, they got together when they were kids and uh, they, you know, they uh, had a child out of wedlock and then uh, they gave it like a, you know, adoptive mother that stood in as Satine's sister. Maybe, maybe the family disowned (laughs) Bo-Katan and they just said, get somebody that looks like Bo and we'll say that this is her kid and we'll start calling her Bo for a public persona because other, our real daughter has sold this out to Death Watch and just gone off and become a fucking mercenary. Maybe something like that. There's so many possibilities, but Corky Kenobi. Corky Kenobi. I was going to go with Corky, too. Okay. For my Dark Horse Hero, but just to... You got to get me off it, otherwise I'll talk about it in another half to, an hour. Yeah. Just to have it be someone different than you, I'm going to go with uh, Shiv Palpatine. Ooh. He's the Dark Horse Hero. Yeah, yeah. He came in out of nowhere. Yeah, Like, he did. imagine what would have happened if... He didn't do that. Like, yeah. Savage and Maul could have joined the fight and helped take down the rebels and yeah. maybe prevent Obi-Wan from escaping. Yeah. So, Palpatine really saved the day on this one. That being said, Maul and Savage seem really content to just sit in the palace <laughs> at that point. <laughs> They're just hanging out. I really wonder what they do in their free time. <laughs> I wonder if there's one of those weird, you know, we've talked about the weird YouTube videos, like, what did Sidious do in his free time? (laughs) Is there a Maul and Savage Press free time on Mandalore video where some guy just talks over, like, pictures and art for fucking 10 minutes, breaks down what Maul and Savage... They were in a bridge club on Sundari (laughs) for the two days they were there. Okay. All righty. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. Ooh. So, no R2. I don't even think we saw an astromech the whole time. No. Um, all-star of the episode. A lot of potential here. There's so many potential all-stars. I mean, Maul, total piece of shit, but Sam Witwer, once again, oh, home run. Yeah. Incredible. 
Palpatine, incredible in this episode. Uh, the Duchess, like, forever and always will be in my heart. I have to give it to Obi-Wan, though. Yep. I mean, it's Obi-Wan all the way. Me too. This is Obi-Wan's episode. Yep. He's the star. You can't argue it. No. Yeah. And I just... The, the character development of Obi-Wan, I'm sorry to harp on it time and time again, but the fact that he got explicit orders like, we can't deal with this, and he went fucking rogue. Yep. Like, you don't expect Obi-Wan to do that, but it just goes to show how much he cares for Satine. He went rogue, and he fucking took a shitty ship. He dressed... <laughs> the motherfucker dressed up in the Racco Hardys. He was Racco Hardys again. He took it out of the back of his closet. Yeah. He busted it. He's like, I knew this thing would come in handy. He was saving it for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy that killed me for Halloween. That's what he was planning. So, Obi-Wan. Um, you got Obi-Wan? You want to add anything Obi-Wan. to that? Just, he's, he, oh, just the quote the quote that he did. Just, you'll never destroy me. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You'll never destroy me. I'm yeah. he's perfectly balanced. He's completely just at peace with himself. Yeah. And, oh. And the lines that he's saying are lines. A lot of these lines are lines that he says later on in the original trilogy. You know, like if you destroy me, you know, you can't you can't destroy me like I'll become more. You know, he doesn't say more powerful, but he's in so many words, in so many words. He's saying the same thing that he said before. And I'm so sorry. Like when he turns to Padme and says that, like, so sorry. Yeah. Like it's there's a lot of cool like callbacks, you know, it's fucking awesome. And we you, you we talked about callbacks that are forced and callbacks that work. These work. Yep. Every single one of them, I was like, holy shit. Like, Obi-Wan's the same dude all these years. Okay. So, Obi-Wan Kenobi, our all-star of the episode. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean, Ooh. naked? My parts are showing. My goodness. <laughs> I'm a model. You know what I mean? Introduce myself. Do my little turn on the Introduce myself. Yeah, on the catwalk. On the catwalk, yeah. Alright, sultry in Sindari, sexy in Sindari, the mamas in Mandalore, <laughs> mamacita, <laughs> who was looking hot? Okay, good hood, um, I think this is obvious, now the Duchess, she escapes with Corky, right, and she's got her hair up, when she gets put back in uh, her Magneto prison, up, yeah. And Obi Wan goes, or she's put her hair down at this point, and she looks hot. It's it's like animated to look partially disheveled. Yes, like it's not made up. But she looks very saucy. Yes, she does. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're into cartoon characters, boing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the Duchess going out on top. She's good hood. I think this is not the first time I've given her good hood, but she what? As always, she's showing me something. And he's running the table for me. I'm going with Obi Wan Kenobi. Are you going with the red Mando he had armor? Different costume changes. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. he had yeah. Racco Hardeen and the red armor. Yeah. And then he got a, a jetpack. Yes. Along with it. This was like Obi Wan at Fashion Week. Yes. Like he, you know, he went out. He, he showed off one outfit. He went back. He, he showed off doing, another. He was doing a turn on that yeah. catwalk. We got three different Obi Wan costumes in this one. Yes. And nobody looks cooler in Mandalorian armor with their helmet off than Obi Wan Kenobi. I thought he looked great in Stormtrooper armor. I yeah. can't believe how good he looks in Mandalorian oh. armor. He should, he should, I, he ran off with it too. Yeah. Keep that man. <laughs> Keep it. That's, that's good general armor. General yeah. Kenobi. Oh, Obi-Wan fucking rules. The Duchess. Oh, 
All right. Um, so that's your good hood. I get we don't have a who are you. We don't really have a death. There were deaths that were cool, but there was nothing that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Nothing funny. I mean, the guys going into the billboard came close, but yeah, it was in the middle. But it was just a so cool. Scene. It was so cool that it couldn't be funny yeah, at that point. I know. Like the fat cat thing. <laughs> he just got speared by Rex and then his fucking lost control of his hover. <laughs> It was funny. Yes, it was. It was more funny than it was cool. Yes. This just wasn't funny. Yep. It was just really cool. So we're not going to do that. Um, God, man, I don't think we got anything else. I'm just looking through here. Do we have anything else that we wanted to cover? I don't think so. Man. Perfect episode. It really was a perfect episode. Um, We said goodbye to the Duchess. Very sad. Very, very sad. Now we have a question. Do um, Now, okay, so... We have our songs. We have the Ventress. We got Tekla. We have Mortis Daughter. And we have Avar Chris. Do I retire Eternal Flame? Well, you can't apply it to anyone else. I can't apply it to anybody else, but... Do I retire it and do I give maybe a special song to the ladies that have gone before us? I don't know, because if, let's just, devil's advocate. Just play with me here. What, listen to this, right here. I need it for another day. And all I ever knew. Only you. Very fitting. I know, you gotta, you gotta save it, though. Save I'm that, keeping it. Save that for someone special. Sa- save. I'm keeping it. Yeah. I'm keeping Eternal Flame, but I feel like Duchess now has a secondary song, which is Only You. Okay. And I think... We can apply it to all the ladies that have gone before us. So Mortis Daughter and Duchess have their own song, but they also have Only You, which is... I need it was the they got it. So that is going to be the de facto goodbye... Thank you for the memories. We love you. You're always in our hearts, song. So, Mortis Daughter and Duchess. I have that. Tekla is going to get that song. Because <laughs> that fucking Tops card ruined it for me. That fucking Tops card that I just innocently ordered for a dollar on eBay ruined it for me. Fuck you, Enbo. You piece of shit. Fuck you. Sucks that that ruined such a cool character as Enbo, too. I know, because I was always like, that Embo, man, in the Delaney episode, really showing me something. Now, piece of shit. Okay. Alrighty. So, I don't know. I still got time with her, though. I have a feeling the next time we see her, that's going to be it, because they don't show me much Tekla. (laughs) They don't give us much Tekla. Real lack of Tekla here. Yeah. What's up with that, Filoni? Anyways. Thank you, Yoda. (laughs) Thank you, Chewbacca. What do we got for a tagline on this one? For the lawless, we have morality separates heroes from villains. And you were very distraught giving this because you knew what was <laughs> I coming. I knew what was coming. Uh, you had said we're going to get the Duchess spouting some fire truths. Uh, Maul obviously has plans with the Duchess and Kenobi is his goal. And then you're like, I don't know. The morality is the Duchess and the evil fucking horseshit is Maul. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, okay. pretty good. What do we have for tagline in the next one? Next episode we have... Sometimes even the smallest doubt can shake the greatest belief. Sometimes even the smallest doubt can shake the greatest belief. 
I don't know. I got to assume we're getting away from Obi-Wan for a bit here. I mean, that was a heavy Obi-Wan episode. We're probably going to... Who are we do on? Yeah. Who are we do on? We haven't seen a lot of characters in a while. I think we're due on some Anakin arc. Okay. Um, Sometimes even the smallest doubt can shake the greatest belief. <laughs> Anakin is going to see... Um, What's Rush Clovis? He's gonna see Rush Clovis touch Padme on the shoulder, and he's gonna kill somebody in the middle. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> Anakin really believes Padme loves him, but then Rush Clovis touches her shoulder, <laughs> and he goes like full like he flies into a blind yeah, just rage. full like horrible piece of shit boyfriend. So yeah, I'm going with that. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever. That's what I got. All right. What's the next episode? Next episode is season five. Episode 17. So right in order. In order. Uh, sabotage. Ooh, Beastie Boys. Sabotage. Yeah. Man, it's hard to believe that we have to move on after this. I know. Man. What's coming up next? I don't know. It's going to be tough to follow that. Yeah, I This know. feels like maybe one of those deflating moments where we have like <laughs> an hour and a half episode where we just talk about how much we fucking hated it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I don't... I really don't know what to expect here, so... All right, so season five, episode 17. What's it called again? Sabotage. Sabotage. Da, 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 da. How does that go? It's sabotage. There we go. I don't know. Maybe I'll use it in the next song. Okay, then. All right, Adam. Where can the listeners reach us? Send us an email. We're at chromecastpod at gmail.com. Yeah, send your condolences. You can uh, reach us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at chromecastpod. Yeah. Remember to uh, follow, rate, review, subscribe. Do whatever yes. you can to help us out. Check out the Discord if you want. Just shoot us a message. We can get you invited. It would be great to have more people on the Discord. Yeah, so I think uh, Devin on TikTok might be jumping in. Awesome. All right, so we'll see you next time for Sabotage. Until then, may the... Uh, Gornica be with you. Fraser has left See if I can time it. See if I can time tragedy. it. All I needed was the love you gave.